0: I it up, it up, it up, it up, it up, it up, it up,
1: Welcome back to the New Age Boxing Podcast. With me, Andy White, <laughs> uh, Martin Theobald, uh, and Terry Chavandama. There we go. I just, uh,
0: A.K.A. <laughs> Kala and Nisa.
1: of <that laughs> laughing like school children.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I find yeah. it ironic though, like, like just on a side note. If ever we needed Martin to knock up a picture. <laughs> no, no. See, <laughs> we're getting sued by every promoter going. No. No, there are no pictures being done. Photoshop that. <laughs> you know, he probably read that going, the fucker, I'll sue for not putting
1: me in that picture. What he's more likely thinking is, how did he get that photo? I was thinking, <laughs> That's where I'd be thinking.
0: Why have I not been doing these kind of deals?
1: Why are we only really talking boxing? <laughs> so, um Yeah. Howland was uh, in the ring last night. He had a great night. Didn't yeah, he, he had yeah. a great night. I don't even know what happened the rest think, of the night. But I think he someone has to tell him night. the results
0: though. Yeah. <laughs> he seems to have a lot of trouble like concentrating upon the, you know, when good he got question. announced the <laughs> questions.
1: <laughs> when people are concentrating, I've heard of like scratching your head, but not chewing your lips off. Uh, <laughs> no, he <laughs> had very itchy
0: gums. Yeah. That's all you can say about it. Itchy gums. He yeah, had very itchy gums and. Chewy teeth. <laughs> Maybe he had those little sweets, the little <laughs> you can
1: stick in. That's definitely what he so had So he needed yeah. to chew them. <laughs> oh yeah. man, um, a lot. <laughs> God, Calum. Okay. Um, he had a great night. Welcome. I'd love to, to know the- what
0: checks they did, by the way. You know, like checks as you're going into the stadium. It was meant to be increased security because of all the stuff in Manchester. Clearly, you know, some people managed to get some class A front- drugs into the arena. Uh, unless he just front loaded. Two in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah. just, just with the mountain, isn't it? Ooh.
1: Like a scene from Taxi Driver or something like that. Okay, let's uh, move on to the actual <laughs> stuff in the ring. Although that was technically in the ring. S- would you want to start with Spensbrook or Groves Chudinov? I Your think
0: pick. main event. Yeah, main event all okay. the way. Okay,
1: right. Um, then people can turn s- off after that, not it? <laughs> Spence showed his class uh, and Brooke showed that he has, if, er- if he has everything that a boxer needs, aside from <laughs> eye sockets that won't crack on you. <sighs> that's the other eye socket.
0: Yeah. It was heartbreaking. I think that fight was heartbreaking because when you're fighting someone like a Spence, who's, who's kind of had it all his own way, The last thing you want to do is give an inch. And I think if you look at the first couple of rounds, okay, you can give them to Brooke. In fact, I gave the first half of the fight to Carl Brooke. I thought he was in control. I thought what he should have done was really stick it on Errol Spence. What no one has ever done to Spence is punched him in combinations. And Brooke decided to try and, you know, use his timing and his precise punching on Spence. And all Spence did is just kept it basic. Watching Spence... Yesterday I wasn't convinced he was the superstar that people were touting cuz when you heard the rumors that he, you know, that he'd messed up Mayweather's nose you thought, "Ooh, here's someone who's special." But and people go, "What the hell is he on about?" Man, they might even, you know, think I'm on the on the, you know, <laughs> <laughs> on the Danish marching powder. No, no, <laughs> but Spence kind of reminded me of a smaller Badoo Jack in that everything he did was so simple that you looked at him and went, I could do that. But he was so consistent and repetitive with it that it almost just broke Kelbrook's spirit because Brook had the first half of the fight and then Spence just moved up again and went, you know what, I'm going to go 20% harder. See if Brook can live with this pace. Brook started to struggle. Then he got the bang in the eye, which I th- I might have been from a jab because Spence is a right-handed southpaw. And after that, Spence just kept putting the pressure on, putting the pressure on, and Brook, as manful (coughs) as he was, eventually wilted. But, you know, before people start saying, Kel Brook's a quitter, he's this, he's that, just remember what that man did after getting knocked down in the 10th round. There was a part of me that um, thought the fight was semi-reminiscent of the uh, the Ward-Kovalev fight in certain ways. That Brook was quite dominant, as you say, Terry, through up to round six. And it seemed like Spence, by that point, had worked him out. Had worked out, you know, when you get into the clinch, Spence was just punching his way out of the clinches. Which, you know, when you look back to the Sean Porter fight, that's what Sean Porter couldn't do to Kel Brook, was get out of the clinches. And Spence was very good at doing that. And that, to me, seemed to be when Kel Brook, probably by round seven, round eight, and Spence was continually, you know, yes, Brook could push him back across the ring, but Spence was able just to... Punch his way out of it and move off again, and so Brook couldn't dominate him in that way, which I think was probably what mentally would have broken him down a fair bit. And also, if you notice, so Brook likes to pin with his lead hand, which is fine. It's, it's it's logical when you're fighting an orthodox fighter, but as soon as he put his left his left arm over Spence, all Spence had to do was use his free left hand to just start ripping shots into the rib cage, and there were a lot of. Just because of camera angles or a lot of body shots that went unseen. And Brooke was shipping a lot of body punishment that he's never had before. And and look, there are going to be thousands of tweets written about this. And i people are going to ask me questions, but I'm going to boil the fight down to this. It's Eddie Hearn's fault. Yeah? This is Edward yep. Hearn's <clears throat> fault. Yep. Kel Brook beats Sean Porter. Awesome. You showed that you can beat what I call a gatekeeper to the elite level. And then you fought trash one after the other after the other until you're then bullied into fighting Golovkin. A fight that made no sense. Development wise, you're always gonna get in and get out quickly. You had your money, you were done. So really this was Kel's first meaningful defense, and he went to pieces. He he's had that belt for what, two and a half years. And His most competitive battle, really, was probably in Tenerife. And we didn't even get to see that on (laughs) pay-per-view. So I think Eddie Hearn's got a lot to answer for. And there there are guys who listen to this who are affiliated to Eddie Hearn. And you need to really look and go, whose career has he not screwed up? Because in my head, I can tell you, you beat Sean Porter, your next fight should have been a Robert Guerrero or someone of that ilk or Luis Collazo. Yeah, fight someone who's tough, who's nuggety, who's gonna rip you to the body, and let's start testing all the bits of Kel Brook's arsenal. You know, they believed their own hype after a while, which was the problem. They believed Kel was this amazing fighter, which he is, but all the while he was doing that, Errol Spence was doing all the right things. And you know, I'm gonna hand over to to Andy just to get to to take Andy's views in a sec. But I do want to speak about Errol Spence because I think in Errol Spence there's a lesson for most boxing fans and, in fact, for most aspiring boxers.
1: Uh, what I was most impressed with Spence uh, was the fact that he... I agree with, with you, Terry, with the fact that Brook looked in control. Uh, for me, at the beginning of the fight, Brooke, when it came to the clinches, he seemed to control Spence. But as the fight went on, I know what you mean. The The clinches, Martin, the clinches became... They weren't They almost effective. Evaporated. Yeah, they, he just didn't seem to be able to make them work for him anymore. And Spence got stronger throughout the fight, and I just didn't. I felt like Spence kept going up the gears, and Brooke couldn't follow him. That's that's how I felt with it.
0: But there are potentially different reasons for it. You know, people. The obvious one will be the 147 pound reason, and the fact that Kell's so big, and he's come down from 160. What's it taken out of him? <clears throat> you know, that's what a lot of people point to, and that's potentially right because. You know, it was more notable in the second half of the fight than the first. So that draining seemed to happen very, very quickly. But I mean, also mentally, how hard must it have been? Um, there was a question I think we had from, uh, I can't, we'll come on to it later, but <clears throat> it was a very good one, that it almost seemed as if he realised during that fight that he wasn't the number one in the division. Like, it seemed to occur to him during that fight. But um, I mean, what Terry was saying about Kell Brook's career is absolutely right. Eddie Hearn is the reason that happened last night. Because Kel Brook, that was his, was his 38th fight. Yep. 38th That's fight. That's his third fight of any significance. The rest are <laughs> dog shit. You've had Sean Porter, you've had Gennady Golovkin, you've had last night. Now, he's lost two out of three of those, and the other one that he won, you know, it was a very, very close fight. It was very... You know, he won it in my view, but it was arguable. So...
1: Can I just. On that, Andy Johnson asks In retrospect, does Eddie Hearn regret the decision to make Golovkin Brook last year? Um, He says the demons were clear to see that they came back to haunt Brook last night.
0: It's a tricky one. So, look, had the eye socket not gone, that Golovkin fight would have been genius from the Brook camp. Get in, get out, not that much damage. Because outside of the eye, there wasn't that much damage to Kel because he didn't take that many shots. Um the fight no it wasn't that it was you had your eye surgically repaired if ever i wanted you to fight frankie gavin it was before you fought errol spence just take a couple of southpaw shots and let's just see what you can do yeah? let's see if anything falls a thrown that fight away <laughs> yeah so, <clears throat> so 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 somewhere in matchroom towers they've decided to go in against errol spence a guy who's been mincing world level fighters inspiring and he has been mincing, "Ah, you know, the rumours are there and there's good authority saying that Spence is damaging people so you go into a fight of that significance and you don't have a tune up just to see where Kel is in terms of all aspects of his fight, that's not looking after your fighter, that's saying shit I need revenue, that's what that's, it smacks of needing revenue to me and he's shredded Kel Brook's career, absolutely (laughs) shredded it and You've heard me say it many times in this podcast before. Cal was a legitimate world champion, and he was a legitimate boxing talent. Just horribly mismanaged, because no one really cared about him, and that's the truth. Once Joshua showed up, Cal was the odd man out. Can I say, for me, like, the whole scenario around Golovkin, Hearn must now be looking at it with the hindsight, and say, I fucked up. Like, he must be saying that, because... The reason that eye socket went... Now, I'm no medical expert by any means, but it can't be a coincidence that that eye socket went last night because the amount of work he's going to have done, it's all one bone. Like It's not as if those two eye sockets are completely separate. So everybody says, oh, it's a different eye socket. Yes, but it's the same piece of bone. And you've had one that's been broken and had to have a steel plate implanted. If you think that doesn't weaken the other side in any way whatsoever, you're stupid. Well,
1: just on that... If you're eating, please stop eating. (laughs) I was to a a nurse once about something to do with um, bone breakages and that. They were talking about pelvises. And she said, when you break your pelvis on one side, they always look on the other side. She said, because your pelvis is like a polo. And it'll always break on the other side. Like, always. There'll always be a break on the other side. And, well... Yeah, again, I'm not a doctor or a medical expert either, but your eye sockets at least resemble that. And you look at a skull, I'm I'm, I'm with you there 100%. It's got to weaken it. It's a single bone. Can we check with (coughs) Tony Thompson's wife about (laughs) pelvic breakages? (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: But yeah, no, it's that is down to Hearn. Hearn took that stupid gamble of putting Brooke in. As much as we can say, you know, if he didn't break the eye socket. He did break the eye socket, though, and that's the issue. And from there, the next fight is against a weapon of a man who's renowned for you know, doing damage in gyms around the world. Nobody quite knows what level he's at, but we're going to stick him in. It's an unknown quantity. Of course, Spencer's team are going to say, aim for the eye. And maybe not the eye that you did last time, because I'm sure the surgical repairing and the metal plate has probably strengthened it. So you aim for the other one. And that other one has popped and gone... Exactly the same. But that must have been weakened. And that all comes down to Eddie Hearn and that Golovkin choice of last year. It's, to me, it's genuinely disgusting. And I think Hearn has a lot to answer for. But I just want to go back to the, 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 the fight itself. One of the things I found interesting was how Brooke couldn't really adapt. And actually, Kel's best work came when he just thought, fuck it, let's have a fight. Yes, If you remember, <laughs> there was a point in round seven when he was like, I'm just going to start throwing loads of punches at you. And Spence was like, oh, shit. And he was walking in and out of stances. He kind of lost his stance for a lot of it. It it was a street fight. Yeah. (laughs) Once he didn't care, Spence was like, oh, shit, this is tough. And then Cal would go back to to what he normally did. and Because if you notice, every time he'd throw the jab, he'd try and hit him to the face again. And all Spence did after that jab was drop under. And then, you know, Brooke had no choice but to try and pin him. But he wasn't even pinning and pivoting to open up another angle, which Spence does. So Brook pins you down with a forearm on top of the back of your neck and pushes you down. Spence will get his arm to the side of your neck, turn you around, hit you again. And that was, And this comes down to... And I'm going to touch on Errol Spence because I think Errol Spence is a great template for what boxing really should be. Spence was a talented kid. You know, he was in the whole sort of Texas area, he was known as a talented kid. And his father actually said... I don't want my kid to be too much of an amateur because if he does turn pro, I don't want there to be an adjustment period. So I took his son away from his coaching, found a guy called Derek James who had just finished as a pro and said, I want you to guide my son through the Golden Gloves. And Derek James, his only remit was, I want him to win the Golden Gloves with a pro style. And Derek James worked on that. Didn't give him any of the flash of a Mayweather. Didn't give him the pyrotechnics of a Pacquiao. Just said, listen, you're going to beat people with the basics. And what you saw on Saturday was a kid who had learned how to box in a pro style, who had been sparring pros from an early age because he had no fear and didn't doubt his ability once, unlike Kel, who kept switching. Um, and another thing, did anyone notice how Spence didn't give Brooke any space? <coughs> you know, here's the difference. You, want, you All the young fighters that listen to this, Listen. The difference between American boxers at the top level, British boxers at the top level is this. What do you do after you punch? You take... Who's a really talented British boxer right now with a few bouts behind them?
1: Tyson Fury.
0: We're struggling, aren't
1: we? <laughs> well, well, what really level struggling. are we talking? World level or like...
0: Okay, so let's let's take a guy like Jamie Cox. He's a respected pro. You know, he's in the middle of the pack if you want to assess someone. Jamie Cox will throw shots and he'll take a step back immediately. Doesn't matter some, what he some at men. Team. Hmm? Some shots are at men. No, really? <laughs> oh fuck! <laughs> I don't even know what this is about, and I know what he's referring to. <laughs> but but we can't get sued for this, right? No no, well, it, no happened. Yeah, it happened. Yeah, he's yeah. been you know found guilty. So what
1: the fucking difference does that make to us? We just say anything anyway.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no no so 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 you watch it. So, someone like a, look a Jamie Cox, a a Callum Smith, any of those ilk will go bang 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 bang. And they will hop back. It doesn't matter whether they hurt you or not. They'll go, boom, step back out. Why? Because that's what you're taught in the amateurs. Jump in, get your shots off, hop out, do a little circle around, work again. What does Errol Spence do? He works. Then he goes, I'm not going backwards. I'm going to drop my head because I know you're going to try and count me to the head first. Then I'm going to come forward again. And what does that do? It makes you think, shit, this guy's still here. And what?
1: Yeah, but Chudinov did that. <laughs> Chudinov well, didn't even know how to go backwards.
0: <laughs> no, no, but 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 the yeah, But we'll come on to that. But the, the difference is, if you look at Spence, there was so much subtlety to how he did it. Well, Spence yeah. bothered to drop his head. Chudinov, yeah, there's, yeah, there's just, two
1: ways of going about it. I admit that Chudinov was was uh, yeah a lot different. But
0: but you, what next time you watch it, British boxers look how quickly they get out of range when they work. They never think to step across and never think to just drop their head. Spence did. Spence did. And it confused Brooke, because Brooke's used to boom, 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 and people back off. Why? Well, because he's fought these bums continuously who are scared of him.
1: Um, and who's got a question? Who's <laughs> Why not? I was going to go... Just on this, it just um, was something Martin referred to. Max Budge is the... the Max you know, Budge
0: and ke- Goodlay was uh, down at the Copper Box that we met up with for a beer. What was he, uh, it? Was he throwing drinks as well? No, he was Josh's cousin that we met for the beer. Oh, before. okay. Max. Oh.
1: Top man. All right, mate. Um, anyway, yeah, that was all right. I don't think anyone can say Brooke bottled it last night, but did we see a man who no longer believes he is the best in the division? No, you saw a man who was like, "Fuck, my eye hurts." <laughs> that that that's it. Because if he if he
0: didn't believe it, we wouldn't have seen what we saw in round ten. Because in round ten, he put a dent in Errol Spence, and then you could you could tell what happened. You know, the eye started to hurt again, and then it's like. Uh-huh. Now, the question is, has he got the pain tolerance he needs <clears throat> to get back to the top of the mountains? Don't know.
1: I, I found it really hard because, right, went, at the end of the uh, Golovkin fight, there was... I think there was... We were told that the eye specialist had said to Brooke that if he'd have fought for another two rounds, another round or whatever, he could have been blinded, right? So, if the pain was in any way similar to what it was before... You'd have to be insane having gone through that scenario afterwards. Tony Bellew was giving him shit for it not fighting really, on. Wow. But I was thinking, like, it's one thing to have done it and carried on because Brook was his attitude was entirely different last time. You know, the towel got thrown in against Golovkin, and he went, he was incensed by it, and he wanted to carry on fighting even though he couldn't see. This time, with that experience behind him, he might be thinking to himself, "I'm well behind here. I need a knockout. But I can't even see him, and I could be blinded." And then, surely, pragmatism would take over. Can, right?
0: we, just, can we just touch on Tony Bellew for a second? <laughs> oh, At no point did Kell Brook turn his back in that fight. Yeah. Brook faced up to what was in front of him, who, like who, a fighter who, should. Who's turned their back in a fight against... I don't know. Said Donis Stevenson. Yeah, you know, um, just there in the corner, crying, <laughs> he's fucking crying, and he, he he tells us he he's the hardest man in the world. You've like, got to keep going till you're gonna die or whatever. Man, one, one, Fuck off, Tony. Yeah. Once you felt that Stevenson left, you, you didn't want to know.
1: You've got to just keep punching, even if the other bro breaks his Achilles. You've and how many still times keep did he bitch <laughs>
0: about having to make the weight? Yep. I tell no lies cooks. it was the weight that was drained and he's going to live
1: out on that hay victory
0: for as long yeah.
1: as he possibly can David David don't worry about the weight mates don't
0: worry ah, what a wanker he is <laughs> but can I just say like sue me <laughs> I think he'll sue you for that that's pretty obvious Can't. sue me <laughs> The whole thing, because there is a real emotion around like the quitting word, and what Andy was just saying there about you know he's gone through that experience before, he's feeling it again right at that moment. Well, and I was having this conversation with um, Kevin Campion, who's the head of boxing at uh, Goodwin, and Good man. yeah, and he like quit is a very emotive word. People, you know, it upsets someone like Kevin to see people say that he quit and his argument is look if a footballer goes and breaks their leg and they get like subbed off they haven't quit it's just that they're no longer you know fit enough to be able to play on and so Kel Brook was just in a position whereby he wasn't physically well enough to be able to carry on so had to stop in the same way a player would get substituted or whatever you can't be substituted in boxing you've just got to stop it's the same... Andy Joshua gets tagged in. <laughs> <laughs> but I kind of... I, I do get that. But on the other hand, that's just down to the, the nomenclature of it. It's down to how you interpret that, um, yeah. that word. Because I, I tweeted him back saying, look, I, I agree. But it's a fact that he quit. I, and quit is taken as a derogatory term. And it's not... It shouldn't necessarily be so. Well, well uh, no, no, no. I don't think... Quit quitting no, no, yeah, <laughs> quit your job. No, no, because yeah. I I don't think the situation's binary in the sense of you quit or you don't quit. I think there are times when it's not safe to carry on. Yeah, and someone should have intervened and said it is not safe. Why for didn't Ingle to carry on? fucking get yeah, the, the I, I towel out? Yeah. He was quick
1: enough to do so against yeah. Golovkin. Why didn't he do so last night? I Don't know. I don't know. Any idea? Unless he was unless it was because Cal could have potentially won the fight. Uh, he was behind he on the cards. He didn't. See, you know, I know he was behind, but he was just like It was close like enough. He said he tagged him, him a couple of times, yeah. I know he'd gone down, but like you know, it wasn't impossible for him to win, whereas Golovkin was just absolutely. But pummeling. also,
0: Ingle, did you see him in the corner? I'm sure he was saying to Brooke, like, just don't say anything. Don't say yeah, anything. Yeah, I didn't get that. And I'm sure that's because he didn't want it picked up by the T V yeah. cameras. My If, eye hurts if Kel was saying, My eyes fuck, mate, yeah. I'm gone. I'm sure he didn't want that being picked up by the T V cameras. So why was it but, that It was okay for him To carry on in that fight And not the Golovkin? No, no, no. But the, pro- the, the, the problem is Because we saw How he reacted last time We knew something was up yeah. when, when he kept going to the eye Yeah you know, He was he, dabbing it himself and, and, and we've got We've got to credit What yeah. is it We've got a credit Malinaggi For being the guy In that Golovkin fight To see it yeah. When no one else did Mike I think it's the orbital It's his orbital It's gone um, so, yeah, I said this whole terminology around quit and what have you, I, I completely get it. that it's, um, it's seen as a derogatory term. So let's be absolutely clear about something, right? Brook could fight a Danny Garcia. Someone with a lower punch output. He could fight a Danny Garcia and he'd be safe and it would be a competitive fight and he might win it. So I don't think it's all over for Brook in terms of his boxing capabilities. It's about whether he wants to climb that mountain again. Yeah, and I think... Sorry, I know Andy... Itching to go into another
1: question. No, it's the question we're on, which is uh, more of a shout-out, because we're kind of answering it as we're going along. Boxing Rob asked, do people genuinely believe Brooke quit? I think we've answered that. Or was it more an issue of health rather than pride?
0: Uh, Quit is just the word, isn't it, really? It's quit or he couldn't carry on because it wasn't safe. But it comes down to, and as horrible as it probably sounds, Kel Brooke's got a beautiful wife, beautiful kid at home. He doesn't need that in his life. He doesn't need that potential blinding of the eye. You know, possibly worse. You know, you look back at Gutnick. Gutnick was as brave as they come against George Groves, and now where is he? He's in a hospital bed in Germany. And you know, George Groves spoke about it last night. We don't want to see. No, nobody wants to see Kel Brook in that situation where he can't see for the rest of his life so absolutely 2 million percent he was right to take a knee and stop that fight 1 million percent and and let's be clear not one of these hating piece of shit boxing fans out there is putting a penny into Goodneck's family is putting a penny into what's his name uh, Eubank's opponent Blackwell no one's putting any money into Nick Blackwell no one's putting any money into guys like Dean Francis once these guys finish boxing you don't care about them so screw you and your opinions right Sit there, be humble and understand that if you're in your job and you're ill you'd sign off sick and you wouldn't have any qualms about doing that because you'd say, Look, I don't earn enough money to risk my health. So have some damn respect.
1: Oh, okay. Um Sam of Fight Talk asked, Do we think it was a case of losing confidence in taking a shot once the eye came up? why quit was he quitting because and I'm I'm reading into this was he quitting because of the sake of his health or was it the fact that he he just lost confidence in taking the shots
0: it's got to be 50-50 isn't it like there's a part of you that you're I've never broken my orbital bone in my eye I'd imagine that hurts horrifically (laughs) I'd imagine I'd imagine you can't see an awful lot Um, I know he said with the uh, sorry the um, triple G fight that I was seeing three of him. yeah And so at that point, you've got to realise, like, what am I doing here? I'm going to get paid the same amount of money whether I take a knee and get out and I can see in six months, or if I carry on and potentially lose all vision. But did he lose the confidence as well? Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure he did. So, I think one of the things I'll say is, like, I have a right eye that that moves from side to side. So when I jump in the ring and I box, you have problems with sometimes depth of perception you get your ranges wrong and stuff like that so you do catch a few shots you wouldn't normally and there is nothing worse than being in the ring and you think someone is out of range and all of a sudden like shit not only is he in range but he's working and you're like how the fuck did that happen? <laughs> you are you are you're in the ring and you're like, how the fuck is this happening and you don't it's not that you panic because you're like i'm here to have a fight so your fighting spirit doesn't go but you get annoyed because your brain knows what to do. And almost is like, shit, I know what I should be doing. I know how this should be feeling. And it's not working. This is, well, I guess in Brooke's case, it's damn dangerous. Because you're like, I need to control range against a guy like Spence. And he probably couldn't. So I, I, I 100% empathize with what Kel is. I don't think you lose that fighting spirit. I think Kel Brook would jump in the ring with anyone today. Yep. You don't lose that fighting spirit. I think we judge boxes by our own standards but i think to become a professional at that level there's a degree of delusion that you have that 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 almost maniacal belief that you're good enough to be the best in the world most of us have that in other facets of our life i know andy has it when he gets on stage and sings or on tinder yeah whereas whereas if if you if you you put andy in a ring and he starts to take a few heavy shots he's like i don't need this there's more to. that'll never happen (laughs) Say that again? No. <laughs> but I mean, with the quit term, I mean, we go back to the week before and durrell taking that shot after the bell. And you could see that he was about to get up. And then his corner were like, no, 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 no. Don't bother getting back up. Stay down. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um, yeah, but you know, they're saying, don't bother getting back up. You've taken that shot. Go back down. And he did. And then the fight gets called off. To me, that's... <laughs> That's a quitting job. Durrell could have carried that on, like, and he's got form. Yeah, there was no way he was unable to carry on in that fight, and that was pretty poor, really. Like, there's a huge leap between what Durrell did in that fight and Kel Brook but, saving his health. But the problem you have, like, in the modern, in the modern boxing consciousness, we always think of Duran, Leonard, too. So everyone thinks there's no mask and Duran being sat on his stool going no more. And they go, ah, you quit, you're weak, you're this, you're that. And so whenever anyone says quit, you always go back to that point there. The truth is, Kel Brooks had some pretty hard fights in his career. A lot of it through his own, I mean, failings. You know, Carson Jones 1 and 2 could have made those easier for himself. Porter was a roughhouse fight. Um, Golovkin brutal and now you've got Errol Spence who's going to be a bludgeon He's, there's gonna be nothing sophisticated about Errol Spence you know and let's and let's be clear there have been rumors and people have made veiled allegations that Errol Spence is, is on the on the Shannon Briggs happy juice so so let's not assume that we're dealing with some sort of super athlete here there are questions around Errol Spence as well and people will always have that small asterisk alongside his name until you know either he gets caught or we'll we find out something different because it's a bit strange that all of a sudden texas has you have what the charlos you have austin trout's based out of there now you have hatley you have errol spence jr you have all where's of these it, guys where's the tin hat along in the- <laughs> you have all of these guys in texas and no one can name me a Texan boxer from the last 30 years who was any cop. and all of a sudden these guys are all winning stuff. Clusters of success should always draw attention, I'll wear the tin hat on that one. So I, I'll reserve judgment until I <clears> see Spence <throat> fight in the WBC where they're taking it a bit more serious. I think there's the... Um, you're going back to the Namas situation, but people make... I saw this one earlier, right? I'm not going to give you the name, but where somebody says about... Um, on Twitter. Yeah, Morales fought for eight rounds versus Madonna with a closed eye and lost a razor thin decision. That's the standard, rightly or wrongly, that Brooke is judged by. So I don't know if you've ever seen the eye that he fought
1: with. <laughs> like, Wait,
0: like that, that. that's
1: not a broken orbital. No, what I, what I would say though is 40 years ago, well, sorry, in the 80s, let's say, people would. <clears throat> completely different to the conversation well, I'll come back round. People died of AIDS. Nowadays, people don't die of AIDS. Like... It's not cool, is What I mean is, pe- things advance. People are watching boxing matches go to these extremes where they were beating the living hell out of each other. But perhaps what is wrong with, the, wrong with the sport slash end of the end of the line of sport is that the health problems that people go through after those... Crazy '80s, '90s fights are not as well publicised as those fights were. So we have things uh, like regulations and health um, frameworks that come into play to protect boxers and their ongoing health, so they can actually have a life after boxing. But none of that gets seen, and all people see is it becoming some. Well, it's it's oversimplified. It's whitewashing on things. When when you've got to think a bit deeper in that. My opinion is, if I hear someone saying, oh, he's quit, he's quit. I remember being at the Brook Golovkin fight, and when the towel got thrown in, I was pissed off until I heard what was wrong. And then I thought, and then, then it changed the whole situation. Now, if you can't assess a situation and then correct your own your own beliefs or, you know, your own opinion, then I don't see what we're beating around the bush for anyway. <laughs> These people are idiots. Um, on, on the frailties Uh, Danny Barbato comes in with surely with his recent frailties when he moves up he may struggle taking the power of naturally bigger guys which is I suppose it's it's relevant if a smaller guy hits hard enough to break the same eye socket or the eye socket the same as the Golovkin did surely going up the weights isn't the answer is it time for him to retire
0: no (sighs) not retire but I mean, putting on seven pounds isn't going to help his eye socket in a fight. Let's be clear about that. <laughs> um,
1: however... Because it's purely around the eye. <laughs> well, they reckoned
0: um, the other eye socket, the one he did against Golovkin, I was reading a piece that had a quote from the guy who did the operation on it, and was saying that basically it makes him like, terminate Terminator around that eye socket, that you can't do much damage to it, because there's a metal plate that now sits there and holds it together. Like You can't break a metal plate with your fist. So he's not going to have two of them. Like, he'll be unstoppable, like he'll go up to heavyweight at this point. Yeah. <laughs> um, so no, I mean he's. It depends, I guess. Let's firstly give him the respect and see how he comes out of the operation. You know, is there any damage to the vision? That's one thing. And you know, let's let's give it the time to find out about that. But yeah, I mean, moving up to one five four is what everybody's talked about for a long time for for Kell Brook. It will at least give him you know that additional strength that will come with it. Hopefully, some of that additional stamina but he'll be getting punched by bigger hitters. But Errol Spence is probably a natural one five four fighter anyway. It's not like he's fighting anyone that shouldn't be in that division himself. Yeah. Um, but then I look at Brook's style. He's too upright to be up against guys like Demetrius Andrade. He's too upright to be against guys like the Charlo brothers. You know, if he goes to one you're really looking at fights with guys like Cotto, guys like Trout. You know, guys where you can just sit in there and trade. He doesn't want to be at, at at the end of Lara's range and stuff like that. He just doesn't want that. So Eddie's talking about one five four, but what fights can Eddie Hearn deliver? And we go back to Brooks mismanagement. If I was Kel Brooks' manager now, I'd be sat down with Eddie Hearn and I'd say, I'm taking Kel to America for a year. Yeah? And we're gonna start off at one four seven and we're gonna deal with a few bodies at one four seven in America because we'll get the same purse as we get here. It's just that you don't make any money, Edward. And then we go up to one five four and we will start dealing with the guys at one five four. We'll start with the guys like Kirkland, you know, bodies we can just knock over, and we'll work our way up. Maybe we'll touch on one sixty after Golovkin's gone to see what happens. But Brooke, if he wants to come back and he's still got the hunger, probably has another two and a half years left of being any good before he then becomes a the guy on the way down. And we talked about this before, about Boxing needs more fighters to fight on the way down. I know I had this this discussion with Josh Goodwin last week at the Copper Box. Boxers are, are... Everyone wants to retire on that high. No one wants to box on the way down. And I want more people to start boxing on the way down because that's what keeps money in the sport. Can you imagine if Mayweather had fought Keith Thurman?
1: No. Sam Boxers should retire on a high. <laughs> Boxers should retire at the top. I'm just, I'm Disgusting. just, I'm just, this is Josh Goodwin's argument. That's what i saying to you. Boxers should always finish at the top.
0: It doesn't make any sense. It's, it's, it's illogical because let's take Miguel Cotto as an example. Cotto's Hall of Fame career, like the things that will get him in the Hall of Fame have been done for a while. His CV was solid. By the time he fought Mayweather, he was already a Hall of Famer. It doesn't matter what Miguel Cotto does now. Yeah. But there's a price on having his uh-huh. name on your CV. And it's that that generates money. So let's say Kelbrook goes to 154, fights and beats Miguel Cotto. Kelbrook is back. There is money. Miguel Cotto has been handsomely paid. Kelbrook will make a decent amount of money in his next fight. If he fights a Charlo brother and loses that, the Charlo brother's like, I just beat Kel Brook who beat Miguel Cotto. Now the money goes into the Charlo brother and so forth. When you have someone like Floyd Mayweather, who fought Pacquiao, and then fought... Who did he fight? Did he fight Berto after that? Andre Berto, yeah. So he walks up. Not only did he not make anyone new, he fought Berto, <coughs> who who was toilet then, and he ran off with, with the Mayweather check. The Mayweather check went. Why do you think Mayweather can come back and make a $150 million fighting Conor McGregor? Because he never left that money in the sport, which he should have done, because... If he's an old school man, like he says he is, like James Tony actually is, you've got to fight on the way up because those guys made you, and you've got to fight on the way down so you can make the next generation. Yeah, I think you're giving people like Mayweather an awful lot of credit for somebody who's so self-focused throughout an entire career,
1: egotistical.
0: I, you're going to have to pay him an awful lot of money to go in there, you know, to risk that
1: passing the torch yeah.
0: but it'll be worth it though like
1: because for, for the bigger
0: picture yeah, but who's got that kind of money in the history about? of the
1: world has any but, ever which, thought of the bigger the, picture which is the only
0: issue but look Roy Jones did it yeah but Tava did it Wayne Rooney isn't going to start lacing up his boots for like Rotherham is he Roy it's...
1: Jones went and got a Russian passport so that he could fight for a heavyweight <laughs> title he was not thinking about the sport he was thinking about Roy Jones no 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 Let, let's go back to to the to the meaningful part
0: of his career Roy Jones never had to fight Kalzage. Yeah, He could have just ignored them and gone, what am I fighting this guy for? Who is he? And we would have said about Calzaghe, whatever. Hopkins didn't have to fight him. Hopkins was Hall of Fame already. But they understand what boxing is. These fights have to happen. And if you lose them, so what? It makes someone else and it keeps the sport alive. If everyone keeps leaving, no. if everyone keeps protecting their zero, we get frustrated, don't we? I agree. Look, I'm with you entirely. I just think that to make it commensurate to what you would need to make Floyd Mayweather lose this engine, make him keep going long enough that somebody comes along who's good enough to beat him. And, you know, they have to meet at that perfect like apex where <laughs> he's on the way down and someone's on, on the way, way up. up. Yeah. That's going to cost an awful lot of money to keep trying, isn't it? Can it's- you imagine if Spence beats Thurman and someone will go, right, Purses 200 million, we think this Errol Spence guy
1: beats Floyd. Is that the super fight of 2018? Andy Johnson asks.
0: He's asking about Spence Thurman, isn't he? Yeah. It's not a super fight because those guys couldn't start their home state. Like, they'd have to have it here for it to be a super fight.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't start their home state.
0: It's true, though. Like, what is the super fight of 2018? We're, it's... Fury Joshua. No, no, but you see the point. Now, Joshua Walker. No no, 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 no. no, no, but look at how we're stressing yeah. out about super fights. Because no one's been made. There's no one... There, there are no standouts. And that's what Passing the Torch is about. Look, one thing you can say, wrestling's fake, but I love wrestling because like, when The Undertaker jobbed to Brock Lesnar, that lent legitimacy. When Triple H jobs to guys like Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose, it lends legitimacy. And that's the old veterans taking one and going, I understand how this business works.
1: In the eyes of the people who are going to sell out stadiums, Joshua has... Had the part as the torch passed to him, haven't he? No, Pete. I, I realize you've got there's many the the holes in that are like Swiss cheese. But he's he's Shouts beating Klitschko. He's beating Klitschko, and the people that are gonna fill a ninety thousand seat stadium are in their minds. I've heard people say on the way out, on the way out of that of that fight. No joke. I heard people saying it won't even last like that long against Fury. Like Joshua will just blast him out. Do you know what? <laughs> These are the sort of people who buy
0: Crocs. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. They're the sort of people who buy Crocs.
1: Um, moving back to... we wear super dry. Moving back to Brooke and his future. Uh, Kevin Morrow asks, is there any real relevance to a Brooke versus Khan uh, fight other than them both earning a fortune? You guys know what I want to say about this. <laughs> I, I can't... I am not remotely interested in that fight. Go back
0: to that round table... Darren Barker, Matthew Martin Michael. Murray. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this. Every time people talk shit about a fight and they delay it, this is what happens. No one cares about Amir Khan and no one cares about Kell Brook. That's the end You've of it. You've overmarinated it. it. Yep. <laughs> it's gone off now. It's got, that, it's got that layer of just green crap that you have when you try and mature but a steak. The problem is as well with this, they had the issue before when they were trying to negotiate it, that Khan... Uh, was trying to dictate the larger side of the purse than Brook and that's where it all fell down didn't it? In I think they said it kind of got to about 60% Khan, 40% Brook and Brook wouldn't take it and the argument was, you know, Khan's the bigger name but Brook's the world title holder so you kind of see where the argument sits Brook hasn't got a world title now so if you think that fight's getting made now because Khan, you know, Khan's financially set for life and so he doesn't like Kel Brook that's quite clear and so he's not gonna do him a favour and like you know, where it was 60 40 when Kel Brook had a world title, he's now gonna lost Yeah yeah he's now gonna start going like 90 ten. And then if you want it, Kel, like you're gonna get ten percent of the biggest purse that you could generate in your career, possibly. Um but you know, Kel's not gonna take that. Nope. And so that fight to me, I don't ever see a way it gets made now. Like Dead. I'm not bothered that it doesn't get made, I couldn't give a shit that it doesn't get made. But I also don't see a way it can, because their egos now, without a belt involved, are even harder to make. And these are the boxing fans' fault. No one should go and watch an Amir Khan fight, for the way that he's disrespected the sport by refusing to fight anyone. Like, when's the last time Khan fought? Last year? It's oh, been, an he's an been about a year, right? However, however, Amir Khan's CV and resume, for wins, beats Kel Brooks. Agreed. But... Maybe not at 147.
1: Uh, on that. No,
0: maybe not 147, but it, it does. His entire career. If they both retired tomorrow. Achieved more, if he's he both achieved... retired tomorrow, Amir Khan pisses on Kel Brooks' CV. Agreed.
1: Uh, on that, um, Chris Langers asks Eddie Hearns' fault. How do you define how Eddie has handled Kel's career? <laughs> there you go. He's made him rich, <laughs> but in my opinion, nowhere near great. I there referred the gentleman emoji. to my previous
0: statement. <laughs> yeah. It's right, he it has made him rich, and I'm glad for Kell Brook that he's got lots of money. Every,
1: look, as much as we can... Enough, like, <laughs> enough money for a new ice hockey. <laughs> yeah,
0: you know, we laugh and like we take the piss out of boxers, etc. But the one thing we all would agree on, doesn't matter if you like him, you dislike them, they're Chris Eubank Jr. and they piss everyone off. Let's all hope, <laughs> every fight, it's not going to happen, but let's all hope one day every fighter can retire with all the money they need, and that's all they have to worry about. It's like they can just retire... Healthily and safely, yeah. it will never happen. But you know that'd be the ideal. So whether we like them or not, I don't like Amir Khan, but I'm happy that he's made the money out of the sport that he can walk off and away from it. Yeah, I agree. And you know yeah. the same with Kel Brook. I'm it- glad that he's got that money. So his resume, his CV, he's never going to be a Hall of Famer if he sticks with Hearn because God knows what he's going to do with him now. But I'm happy he's made the money from. Him. Look, to be fair, Kel Brook, game a four bed house on Ringinglow Road. You know, just down the road from where Naz used to live. It's a nice area. Let him chill out there, man. He'll always be a Sheffield celebrity. He'll always be that. You know, so... In, in 15 years' time, he'll be about 40 stone <laughs> <Yeah>. hanging about <laughs> a Sheffield boxing matches.
1: He'll be the new Naz. Him and Naz. <laughs> him and Naz, yeah, like a a, Those two old, like, American uh, cartoon, big fat motorcycle guys that sit on a tiny little motorcycle. <laughs> <and> sitting, <laughs> waddling in... Um James Sundland, as he's trying to go, for, he's trying to upstage you here, Terry, with, with what comes next. Why does Khan pretend that he's still relevant at welterweight? Don't think he's won a, f- uh, don't think he's won a world title. I could be wrong. At one four seven, pretending he could, uh, he would welcome a fight against Spence. Only time he uses right ha- on his right hand these days is on Skype. Prick. Not necessarily a question. Hold on. No, this is the Terry bit. Not necessarily a question. He just pisses me off. He's not that prick that comes around and doesn't order food, but he still expects free garlic bread. (laughs)
0: Listen, that's great. That's absolutely brilliant. Um, (laughs) I can't add to that because that's so true. That is a Terryism. All of it's right as well. If you think, Khan has spent the last five years angling for Mayweather fights and Pacquiao fights, neither of which have happened, and he's let his legacy go to rot. Because I think Khan probably could have done a job on Garcia in a rematch. He could have probably done a job on an earlier version of Thurman. He could have done a job on a lot of these guys. Now, but he, he's badly advised. But he, he also doesn't need the money, as Martin said. So he can just do what the hell he wants, which he does. Um, he's got that thing that Naz has. Because he's Muslim, he just has so much money coming in from the Muslim world. Like, people don't realise that. The adverts he does, the endorsements he does. I mean, he does appearances out there. They pay him well. He's on good money. He doesn't need it. Unless he's fighting people who are going to enhance his legacy. Now, the Cal Brook fight would have been good because that would have been a massive British fight. Unless Brook gives us a win. A barnstorming win against a Danny Garcia. It'd have to For me, it would have to be Danny Garcia. And then the winner... Because well, remember, we discussed this before, what we said, in these two fights, the winners fight each other, the losers fight each other. And then one winner will fight the loser in the fight for the titles. And then, you know, and so forth. The, those those four, Garcia, Thurman, Spence and Brook, could have a very lucrative series over the next year and a half. There's enough permutations whereby they can switch it around. and yeah. They don't need Khan. Khan's now on the outside looking in. Brooks has got himself into that because now the Americans are like, Ah, yeah, yeah, he quit, though, man, but I, I tell y'all what, though, man, Like, man got hard, yeah, he got hard. yeah, I saw him, man, like, he got that jab, man, you know, he got it, man, like, he had that, that ill timing, man, like, yo, you know, Americans just always overstate what <laughs> fucking boxing is. So
1: he's like the guy that comes around with a crate of beer and only has two because he's driving, everyone's like... Not much fun, but he did bring around a shit ton of beer, so <laughs> <Yeah>. fair play. <laughs> he can come again.
0: So Amir comes around for the free garlic brink. That yeah. will bring to create a beer, but dry it. <laughs> <laughs> That's where we're at.
1: <laughs> um, James Sandlin also asks, <clears throat> how much of the IBF situation on check weights and rehydration uh, did it set Brook back at, the, at welterweight, or is he too big for
0: welterweight? Would have set both of them back. They're both massive. However, the, the check—do <laughs> you know what time the check weight was on fight day? I was going to say wasn't it that day because they Yeah, they made, they made, yeah, them, yeah, they, they the made them do the next day, so they do the the, the day before is the one four seven weight. I mean,
1: what time on the day? Yeah, and
0: then they do one on fight day. They did it eight o'clock in the morning, <laughs> and so you're only allowed to put on the ten pounds between like the day before and then oh, fight right. day, and so you're only allowed £10 at that point, but they did it at 8 o'clock in the
1: morning. Right. Okay, and so you've really then cool.
0: got the rest of the day to keep... At that point, yeah, you can easy. weigh in at, like, whatever you want.
1: Turns up looking like Naz.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he should have done that old WWF trick and just rolled out, and Naz rolled in. I wonder if it wasn't <laughs> looking... From under the
1: canvas. <laughs> just a chunky, fat Naz. <laughs> He's still got it. Springing over... The like, five swings, but if any of them connect...
0: Yeah, yeah. But I'll tell you Ain't what I would have loved it. I'll tell you what I would like Kell to do, though. I'm going to be honest. I'd like him to stop everything for a year. Just let the body heal. Let the spirit heal. Because he kind of went from Golovkin knowing that he had to fight his mandatory. So there's always that pressure. He should just stop everything. Let the body heal. Let the spirit heal. Decide if you want to box again. Get the hunger back. Get the hunger, not just for wanting to be in the gym, but get the hunger back for being the number one welterweight. Or lose it. Yeah, if it's not there, cool. I'd be more than happy to listen to him on Sky over Carl Frosch because no, Carl I'm Frosch not. is clueless. I, no, as much as I think Brooks probably got a better idea, that voice would just do my head in. Uh, I'm not no, having it. No, <laughs> honestly, I'm not having it. No, um, I got him about eight rounds up. <laughs> it's a terrible, terrible
1: voice for commentary. Yeah. You
0: know. You get a nice yeah. Get over to Tenerife. The way,
1: the way that it, it's like, we spoke to Kilbrick earlier, because you know the, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that. Yeah. Uh, and I told him that, uh I said, he he sounds like a comedian's taking the Mickey out of a boxer. Yes. That's what he sounds like. And then I said to him, I'm gonna I'm gonna punch you in faith. And I thought he <laughs> sounds like Keith, <laughs> like Keith Lemon pretending to be a boxer or something like that. I feel sorry for him in that respect. Yeah, um, so don't blame on commentary. I'm not having that. Uh, right, just moving quickly on. I want to go on to Grove but I just want to zip through these crappy fights first. Uh, Lawrence and Coley. We just bundle them up. Well, Ter- Terry's not going to take part in this. He's already made. Oh, no, i going to talk about cool. Lawrence
0: because I quite like Lawrence. Okay,
1: Lawrence and <laughs> What a great fight it was for first like just a, a minute. Rudolf, a Czech bin man, basically. Led, no, Cr- credit, <laughs> like the lad turned up to
0: have a row. Yeah, Lawrence was just like, not today, mate. <laughs> <laughs> walk through him yeah uh, I do like the, that right hand he did him with it was very reminiscent of I'm going to do a Spencer Fear on here because you know shouts out to Spence you, you know you always got to outspend Spence literally there you go there's a tactic for Kel Brook <laughs> <laughs> oh wait a minute maybe, er- Errol Spencer <laughs> as per Errol Col- Spence <laughs> X uh, no Carl Frotch's commentary all the way through Get <laughs> calling him Errol Spencer <laughs> <laughs> so disrespectful you prick <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if you could, yeah, yeah, yeah. Errol Spencer. Yeah, yeah. Gray Gre- on, on, on tour, the tour. <laughs> Errol Spencer. No, 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 so if you look at like that right hand of Cody through, and it, it, this is what excited me. And I know Uma listens to this so he can tell Lawrence. In fact, Lawrence should be listening to this. It was like Salvador Sanchez where he puts the elbow up really high to block the right hand coming in. And just sets himself up, and he's already a wide man. And where that right that right hand came from, Doncaster, <laughs> and just landed. And you were like, I didn't think that guy was going to get up. I thought Jim Ross was going to be like, My God, he's dead. <laughs> yeah, he's dead. Jim My Ross. God, he's dead. For the love of
1: God, God, stop it. Stop mm. it, please. <laughs> then all the lights went out. Dong.
0: Then the guy got up I was like, no, nah, I'm still I still want more. Yeah. How tough mm. is that guy? Oh, man, and then and, then, and then cue the war of words with Isaac Chamberlain. Yeah, we've got something... Uh, we've got something marinated. Who, no, who's <laughs> message about that?
1: About Isaac Chamberlain. Daniel, again, Daniel Barbato, um, says... Well, it just sends in Chamberlain versus a Cody, but tell us about it.
0: Right, so they've started having a row with each other on uh, Twitter. I haven't really read through all of it. Seems a bit pantomime, a bit stage-managed to me. Uh, given no. <laughs> Given that both of them could just ring up Eddie and go, can you make the fight with Chamberlain? Can you make the fight with coley? Yeah, done. No, instead, we've got to build it over Twitter first before we can even consider it. Because coley says he needs an opponent for July 1st. And he said, well, Isaac, you know, I need an opponent. Come fight me. Well, Wadi Kamacho. He's fighting Arthur Nikbal for the English. Or it was an English eliminator and may not be for the English after Matty Askin uh, beat Craig Cunningham Friday night. Um, so, yeah, he's tied up. But... The thing about this is, those guys all know the same people. They'll probably see each other and shake hands. It's, it's, it's all business. And I, th- I think the sad thing about Twitter is it's becoming formulaic. So, you know, shouts out to Portobello PR. They had a really good conversations. And maybe they need a guy like that to go, well, if we are going to pretend that this Twitter thing is real, let's let's at least get some professional involvement in it and, you know. Let's let, it, let's let it simmer or something. Because that just went from 0 to 100 quickly. I was like, I didn't know you two didn't like each other. You know? But,
1: we don't like each other for money. But look,
0: look, young guys from London, in the same weight class, why shouldn't they fight? Just let them fight. Yeah, the simple fact is, like, I want to see that fight. hundred As soon as I see them like bitching at each other, it then sets the seed that, yes, I do want to see that fight. I hadn't really considered it. Yeah. But now I'm considering it. I want to see it. Why do I need to see them rowing back and forth on one Twitter? One word. Marinade. Marinade. Right, that's today's
1: <laughs> word of the day.
0: But why do I need to see those two go at each other back and forth just if one of them went we could have a really good fight and the other one went we could have a really good fight.
1: Is it a case... I yeah. Hashtag
0: of Eddie sort it.
1: When you see eight year olds on the football field fo- rolling over going, ah! Is it a case of that they watch all of like their boxing heroes giving it all out on Twitter and they think that's the way they've got to do it? Yeah, but to...
0: well, no no, but they know they know the the you know these blogging monkeys and so forth. They know that these guys jump all over that and retweet it so it gets attention. It's their fault, you know. It's it's the guys I I really want to name names, but do today's that. not the day for that. But you know those guys who just jump on everything and they make everything seem bigger than it is and you're like Mate, you're just a guy that Facebook lives from these sorts of places, as if, you know... Well, it's just fucking annoying Let's me. pause oh. the podcast for two seconds, so Terry can name names, then we'll come back on.
1: Okay, this won't be annoying for anyone else at all. Okay, we're back. Um, really, it wasn't worth listening to. Terry just went on a four-and-a-half-hour rant, so it's now 1am, and I'm still. Uh, we're still recording. <laughs> um, right, so we also had um Fowler versus a Latvian bus driver and Cordina versus a Moldovan postman. Yes. I think but, it's a school teacher. I,
0: right. I think, he I think brought, it was part-time.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like IRS. So <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> R ar- Yeah, um basically I wanted to bring these two up because of the exchanges that happened in the ring past the bell and past no, the boxing on so. in
0: there as well. I like Coley because okay. I like his fighting style. But he also did it. Like Rob McCracken Ring us. Tell us what you're doing up at Team GP. Because you've got three boys here. Coley, Cordina, Fowler. And Joshua did it against Dillian. Yeah, that's right. All three of them on Saturday night, cheating little fucks. <laughs> Anthony Fowler should have been disqualified yep. on his professional debut. Make no mistake about that. The geezer goes down onto the floor. He's on his knee. and for Fowler, at least a
1: second. For at least, it wasn't
0: like... You know we were talking earlier about that uh, Darrell Zegsay, yeah. where he throws the bell after, sorry, throws a punch after the bell, and you can say he was in motion. You can yeah. say it was hard to stop to pull out of it. Make no mistake, Fowler knew that poor geezer was on his knee, stepped in and punched him again. And yeah. not only that, but it's not like the guy was a threat. No. And how long did the referee give him to recover? If you've got to give someone that, he long... told them ten seconds. Did you hear it? it was, remember, you got you got ten seconds. I was like, he's got five minutes. Yeah. But it was just disgraceful. Like, Anthony Fowler is a Commonwealth gold medalist. He's a Olympian. Got knocked down in the Olympics, got embarrassingly held out, and he used to get smashed to pieces by the Mexicans in World Series of Boxing. Can you tell I don't like the guy? (laughs) And then he goes and steps in and punches this bloke on a knee. On his debut, in any small hall show around the country... That's a fucking disqualification. Make no mistake about it. I've seen people being disqualified for stuff like that. That is a disqualification. You're on a matchroom show on their pay-per-view outside in a football stadium. You're Olympian. You're a Commonwealth gold medalist making your debut. Turns out that isn't a disqualification. (laughs) You've got bigger than the rules now, mate. It's disgusting. Joe Cordina, right? Yes, he got tagged after the ref had told him to break. He got tagged. And then he goes and tags the geezer back. I've got a little bit more sympathy for that. But I'm still not a fan of it. Lawrence Colley punched the guy on the floor as well. It was just turning into WWF. It was
1: proper Probably because um, Tony Bellew and Johnny Nelson they both they uh, were in, endorsing oh, it. Oh yeah, yeah, go for it, mate. Oh, I love that. I love the I love the fighting spirit. I love it when boxers break the rules. <laughs> yeah, No, I, I get what they were saying to a little. What they were basically trying to say is that
0: it's what you need to do is learn these old man tricks going into the ring. It's not an old man trick to wait for your geezer to be on the knee and then step in and punch him. That's just being a dirty little prick mm. and like there's no you can't be an apologist for that. You can't because that's cheating. That's not old man in him. Yeah, that's I, just being an arsehole. I have hole. no
1: sympathy for it. Yeah. And
0: so for Nelson and Bellew they were still laughing about it. I'm like how can you mm. laugh? You've just witnessed like flagrant cheating. And then they're laughing about it. Imagine that happened in football. That's the equivalent of, like... Or if or, or that happened to a matchroom fighter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, he should be out of sport, mate. You, you, you get him out. They'd be you calling know, the police. I'm, yeah, It's disgusting. But if that happened in football, can you imagine they'd, like, sat around... I know it's not physically the same, but if someone was diving and they sat around in, like, the halftime punditry going, ha-ha, <laughs> really brilliant bit of diving. That Like, oh, he's really learned yeah. some of the tricks of the trade. No. Yeah, and they
1: always... With football, they always... They it's frustrating but they, sometimes, but at least it's consistent. They always stick to the rule book. They say, well, you, yeah, but the most they'll ever do is, he jumped out of the way of a dangerous tackle. They never say, we're in your box, you've got to go down, really. When it's black and white cheating, they call it for
0: what it yeah. is. And that was black and white cheating for a Coley, for Cordina, and for Fowler. Yeah. And yet they stood there almost laughing about it. And the other thing is, let's not make any mistake about it. The geezer that Fowler was fighting, the geezer that Cody was fighting, they're not very good. And that's dangerous. Yep. Like, he yeah. took, those people on the knees took a free punch to the face. No, to the face, to the back of the head. Yeah, off of an Olympian boxer who's, like, renowned for carrying power. That's dangerous. Like, do you have to wait until someone fucking dies? I know what, I was... just, just on a side note, didn't Anthony Fowler box in the Olympics at 75 kilos? Pass. Yeah, he did. He was middleweight. And, you know, he'd been in GB for a while and he was at the peak of physical condition. I'm finding it very interesting that he's made it down to... Light middle. Light middle. It looked look mm. like he made the weight comfortably. Yeah. <laughs> just saying. But, yeah, now on a, I'm genuinely serious about this. How far does it have to be pushed before someone actually calls him out on it? Because somebody could... Just do a roundhouse kick. Yeah. Ju- just, and just get a warning. Yeah. Like what, what someone if, is gonna get hurt what? and then they're all gonna go, Oh, that's really terrible. But you laughed about it. <laughs> you were there laughing you about positively
1: it. Encouraged you encouraged
0: it. You literally <laughs> encouraged it. Now I'm all for like encouraging standing on the feet or knocking the knees out of the way or these old man tricks. It's not old man in someone to punch them when they're not defending themselves. Yeah, that's and to see like fucking Bellew and Nelson laughing about it, like two little schoolboys like talking about somebody doing something not- absolute pair of cunts. <laughs> Terrible.
1: I'm um, not having it. What I found frustrating was when he came out the ring they were like how did you feel that went? He went yeah I was a bit frustrated. And the subtitles read I was a bit frustrated <laughs> with myself um, because and I thought to myself what if he says now look the occasion got the better of me and like I, I did tag him off he was on, the, on his knees but, to be fair yeah. I've made it through I, I probably should have been disqualified I'm completely honest blah 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 but no he's like I let the occasion get to me and i was just fucking throw my arms all over the place yeah and you punched a bloke in the face whilst he was on his knees yeah. you clown he had no
0: contrition for what he'd done and <laughs> yeah. that's, that's disgusting Yeah, I it is like disgusting it
1: so, let us move on Uh, Dave Allen for Lenroy Thomas and decided that his tactic was going to be try and wear down Lemroy Thomas's fists with his face.
0: Um, Didn't he, hasn't he tried this in his last couple of fights? <laughs> yeah. There's a couple of questions on this. We, should we address the questions first? There's a new one that's come in as we're recording I've sent to you, by the way, Andy, from okay. Kaiser Tasty. Oh, man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, before that, Sam Khan's asked, was Alan's performance an improvement? On his other big fights, um, White, etc. And Ortiz, I think, was the other one, wasn't it? And should he have won? Uh, Also, any comment on Eddie's? Shouldn't have won, for me.
0: Um, He lost that fight. Lenroy Thomas just outworked him. Like, again, the Carl Froch commentary on it, it was like he was watching something else entirely. I was baffled. He had him about five rounds up with about three to go, I think. He was awful. Um, Yeah, no, Dave Allen... Eddie Hearn's comments afterwards, so Eddie Hearn came out and said, um, he basically criticised him very, very heavily, saying, you know, he's got to start taking him more seriously, he's got to stop going around taking photos during the day of the fight with fans, he's got to start wa- stop walking around the city centre, he's burning off energy, he's doing this and that, you know, <clears throat> that's the kind of way he was at with it, and gave him a bit of a public telling off. When you signed him, Eddie, what were you expecting? you knew what you were getting you were getting a guy who's so raw who we saw it against Dillian White we saw it against um, Luis Ortiz David Allen's best fight let's nobody forget this his best win is Jason Gavin a man who stands around going woo no 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 woo (laughs) woo (laughs) <laughs> That's his best win still. Today. And that was a rubbish performance. And it was a rubbish. He admitted himself it was a rubbish performance. So Eddie, what were you expecting? And this what, is what Kyle, Kaiser Tacey
1: did. asks: Did Eddie Hearn think that a few weeks in a training camp would turn Dave Allen into Larry Holmes? So, so,
0: so can I address this? I could turn him into Larry Holmes. The, the, <laughs> the, the, the issue you have, look, look. I said it before. You know, I said I've said it before. Like you know, sometimes I end up in Leeds for various reasons give me three or four sessions with Dave Allen and then we can make a difference. The issue with Dave is Eddie gives him a chance. I think Dave fell into that trap of believing Eddie was signing Dave Allen, the person. Eddie's not signing Dave Allen, the person he's signing a boxer, a professional boxer. That's what you need to give Eddie her. Now for all of Eddie's bluster and bullshit and IFL interviews and stuff, he's a cold hearted businessman. So In Dave Allen, what what he was hoping for was a competent boxer who could win anything up to a British and maybe European title. But he'd seen Who has that social media engagement and presence. You know, a guy who who can do it himself but does it in the ring. And I don't think Dave Allen's delivering on the in ring part. Because let's be honest, Dave Allen, if he needs to, can defend himself. Yes. He can make people (laughs) miss. And it's almost like he doesn't want to accept that. You're a heavyweight. You've got to be able to hurt people. You know? And if you think, God, this guy's out muscling me, man, you've got to get on some boxing skills. Because I was watching him and you know what? He'd get into an exchange and the way he'd put his hands together, it was like he was from the nineteen forties. Yeah, yeah, and I thought, like, what that. are you doing? And then when he's throwing jabs, he'd almost bow and arrow it and his right hand would be down. And it's all these things that say you're almost like a hybrid between a bouncer and a boxer. And you shouldn't be that way when you are unmatch him. There's got to be a degree of polish in what you're doing. And I think he's talented. Because you look at what he does. But he needs to sit down for a while. And he needs to look at himself and go. I'm not a sparring partner anymore. I don't need to be in survival mode in the ring. I need to start psychologically taking people out. Because otherwise he's blocking a spot. Now you look. Eddie's got Joshua. He's got Dillian White and he's got Dave Allen as heavyweights. Have I missed anyone? No. There were you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, but he hasn't got a tease anymore. And he used him so well. So,
0: Joshua. I don't think Eddie has much control of where Joshua goes. Joshua does what Joshua wants. Dillian seems to be agitating for something, somewhere. Don't know. But he doesn't seem content. So, Eddie's like... Investment dollars in AJ wasted. He can look after himself. Investment dollars in Dillian White kind of wasted. Don't know where it's going. Fuck, I've got Dave, I've got Dave Allen here. So Eddie Hearn's got to be sat there being brutally honest. And for the record, I think, has he announced Josh Boatze signing it? He hasn't. So guys, there you go. Look forward to that. Um, so I'll just take his thunder. Um, so you're now looking at Dave Allen is the one heavyweight whose future I can control. If he's still there, that means these young lads, like, you know, the heavyweights, even that Alistair Dickinson, say Alistair Dickinson, never know his name, the guy from the Salisbury, he's a good heavyweight in the amateurs. All these young heavyweights doing their thing are not getting that exposure. And if you said to, you took my lad, young Courtney Bennett, you know, who, who beat the Munich Select side line in the week, which is good. If you took him and said, you're a room. He wouldn't do anything but box. There'd be no so there'd be no pictures, there'd be no larking around, he would do whatever it took to be the best. So Dave Allen needs to just commit himself to doing whatever it takes to be the best. And right now I don't think he's doing that. And that's the issue. I can see Eddie getting rid of him because Matchroom's a corporation. And Eddie wants corporate people. And corporate people are, I'm a boxer. My job in all of this is to train my nuts off and get better. There's two sides to it, though. I mean, if if he makes money because he sold, what was it, 10 grand's worth or something, if not more. More. Um, if he's making that kind of money every fight, which I'm not suspecting he will, because I think there'll be a little bit of the momentum that dies off after this, some of the interest. If he kept making 10 grand a fight, Eddie will keep him on. Make no mistake irrespective of the boxing conditions and the boxing skills. Um But he just underperformed. And, you know, we love Dave Allen. But, wait, 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 but did he underperform? Well, that's true. Did he overperform, given that his best win is Jason Gavin? Th- that's what people... Like, Eddie seems to have signed him and then gets surprised when he puts in a bit of a shitty performance. What were you expecting? If were, look, all her has to do is get Dave Allen in his office and go, listen, you're moving to London and you're staying with The Sims, and you're going to train with these guys. You're yeah. going to go hill running and all that stuff, and then I want to see the results of that, because we need to benchmark you.
1: On on his performance and his um, and his best performances and best wins, Craig from Fighting Talk asks, if Dave had won last night and strung together some victories afterwards, and then Eddie secured him a world title shot, would there be as much ferrari as there was regarding... Paul Smith as there was regarding Paul Smith or does likability play a massive factor in how we view undeserving title shot
0: this is a great question right um because everybody when Paul Smith's meant to be fighting Tyrone Zuga for the WBA regular title everybody throws pelters at Paul Smith at Eddie Hearn at Gilberto Mendoza at the WBA because Paul Smith does not deserve a world title shot I've emailed Gilberto Mendoza his PA who they asked us to uh to contact two weeks ago, I emailed them. Gilberto said, I'll be on in 10 days, I'll do an interview. I emailed them like 14 days ago, then I sent them a reminder, and they've still not come back, so fuck off. Um, <laughs> absolutely disgraceful organisation all round. So they're handing Paul Smith apparently this Tyrone Zuga fight, and everybody loses their minds about the fact that Paul Smith's getting a world title. Hasn't fought 168 pounds properly since he beat Tony Dodson. Well, sorry, hasn't won since he beat Tony Dodson. He lost. Twice to Arthur Abraham. So, in the same scenario, you know, if David Allen gets the win last night against Lemroy Thomas, if he then picked up a couple of low-level, uh, i trying to think of some fight, you know, Tony Thompson, someone like that. Uh, um, not even a Tony Tom- Thompson, what's his name? The Tiger, the old boy. Yeah, it's Tony Thompson. Uh, no, the other one. Uh, Kevin Johnson, Kingpin. Thank you. Um, you know, if he beat those two, say, and then got a world title, would we all be kicking off about it? No, because he'd have fought in the weight class. <laughs> he'd have fought as a heavyweight. It wasn't like he was fighting cruiserweights and then, oh shit, how have you got a heavyweight yeah. title shot? Sorry, not even that he's fighting in it, it's that he's winning in it. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, look, Dave Allen's a long way off that. Like, that performance yesterday is a level slightly above where Domek and Lardy is, for example. Uh, that sort of Tom Little level, he might need to come back down to that level, have a few of those scraps while he perfects the style, that, uh, because I don't know what Dave Allen wants to do in the ring. That's what you know. Look, when you're a professional, I should understand what you're trying to do in the ring. With Dave, I'm, I don't get what you're trying to do in the ring. Yeah, you're, you're just out for a laugh. It's, it, it's like this could be a film, you know, like where a postman one day thinks he can box, <laughs> and it's like it, it, it's almost like a Disney version of Rocky. Yeah, it was the ones you could see it every time where he just shift his entire body weight to his left hand side, delay it for a second, and then throw that left body hook. I'm like this looks like it's somebody on a punch bag. Do you know what I mean? When somebody's not bothered about what's coming back, or they're not thinking, they're just doing. And like he's just throwing that big club in right every like every single time as well. Thinking, no variety, no subtlety. Yeah, this is this is bad and we love Dave Allen we want nothing yeah. more than Dave Allen to succeed but we can't want it more than he does
1: um, just to go back somewhat but I think I just more or less want a one or two word answer Sam Khan asks what are the rules um, regarding hits when someone is down seems it was a theme of last night's card now we did cover this in some um, detail but I, right I'm just going to go off the bat I'm assuming what it means is disqualification yeah don't don't punch people when they're down. It's that simple. It's not even... When Kel took a knee, Spence walked away. He didn't then go, right. <laughs> 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 this is going to be a bit easier.
0: <laughs> he didn't follow in.
1: <laughs> Let's see if I can't break that indestructible eye well, socket yeah. now. <laughs> so maybe the lesson is, you've just got to spend your whole
0: life just hashtagging man down. <laughs> That's it, just man down. And you know what to do. But what if Spence had done that? What if Spence had walked over and punched him after he took a knee? Would we see a disqualification? Nah, it'd be alright. You bet your life we'd see a disqualification. <laughs> you bet your yeah. life we would have seen it. It would be like, Look, Errol, we know you want to know what happened in Tenerife, but there are laws against torture. Yeah, sorry, just because a man's on his knee, it's not
1: Tenerife. <laughs> <laughs> Punching blokes whilst on their knees? We don't do that around here. But so, I just watched the last what,
0: three fights. Depends, <laughs> it depends what sort of punch. <laughs>
1: Who's me oh. trying to steer? So st- oh. the steering wheel's been disconnected from the two wheels either side of me, and they're just driving towards a brick wall. Right, Groves Tudenov. Groves finally realised his dream of becoming a world champion.
0: Yep, greatest super middleweight
1: outfit. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry, I just want to relive the moment. Kala Salen finally... Finally um, realised his dream of being able to chew his own lips off. <laughs> Probably wishes he Someone, was.
0: Dreaming that. Oh, I'm going to retweet that video at that. some
1: point during the week. Like this wasn't sent to us, but I wish it was. Colo Andy P792 says, "Was Kala on powder? Absolutely, or absolutely." <laughs> oh, my. Um, oh shit! Right, so yeah, chewing off as hard as now, wasn't he? Question for the pod from uh, Dynamite Dave McGinley.
0: Yes, Dave McGinley. We need to give a shout out to Dave. Yeah. We do. Why? Because Dave's one of the people who demonstrated <laughs> true loyalty to the podcast. Yeah. yeah. I don't care if people listen. Fuck you, people. <laughs> fuck <laughs> you. Not everyone. No, no. Honestly, honestly, honestly. Honestly. No, 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 no. Yeah, Dave's cool. Sam O'Reilly's cool. Uh, if I see anyone else, fuck you. <laughs> Seriously, just remember. I'm not quite. No, no, no. We'll shake hands. We'll smile. But honestly, like, fuck you. Uh, Where were all you guys at the copper box? Fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you. (laughs) Fuck you. And if you were playing golf, fuck you too. What? What's that got to do with anything? If you showed up late because you're playing golf, fuck you too. We had our own grass right there. Right. So no, anyway, let's go back and just say legitimately, like David McGinley, nicest man in the world. Brilliant man. Took us for a night out around Shoreditch area, was it? I don't know. Introduced us to women that he didn't even know before. He. I mean, he just was like, I'll get get you some girls. What a lovely man. 10 out of 10. Genuinely, anyone follow David McGinley because he is a gentleman. Yep, can't speak highly enough of him.
1: And the question for the pod is, how good was Tudinov? A lot better than I anticipated, to be honest. Hard as nails, and you'd put under the GGG-esque pressure non-stop. Where does this leave George in the super middle peaking order? Uh, He's the best in the world for me. I would say, though, that he didn't seem to use his jab enough. But I was at the fight, and I haven't been able to watch it back and gauge if it was good or bad performance overall. So let's start first, then. How good was Tudinov? Tudinov was what I expected. I, I, he wasn't any
0: better or any worse, necessarily. If you go back to the Tudinov that came over here and took apart Frank Buglioni in a Terminator-esque manner, in a manner that he just walked forward and didn't care what Frank Buglioni was offering him back...
1: He just he beat ju- him he up. He can't go backwards. <laughs> no. That's what I found odd about him. It's like a shark. He, if he went back, <laughs> he was getting absolutely pinged, and he was like, "But I need to go forwards to get out of here." And I'm just walking into punches. Yeah, you know those um,
0: little robot hoovers that you get
1: that just like they'll walk around a room and
0: just bump into the wall. Yeah. That's that's what he reminded me of. But um, if you go back to the the Tudenov that fought Felix Sturman and got robbed, that's. He's a good fighter. Like, it didn't surprise me that he came here to fight and he he was bullying George, I thought, for a little bit of that fight. And George Oh yeah. George was I thought almost a little bit scared going through rounds two,
1: maybe three. I felt like that last fight that last round was a gamble. Yeah. I, I, he just it was a gamble that paid off. That's what it felt um, like for me. Nah. <laughs> he through everything, I reckon no, 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 no hanging
0: out no, 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 no. I, I can imagine you know, you know Shane's there like, be patient, be patient, you you're going to land, and I think that's the thing with george he he's got that thing that Wilder has of he's going to land, and when he lands, the fight will change, and so when he landed on Tudor, you notice I just stiffened him up. he paused, Tudor yeah. seemed to pause and just stand there like,, yeah. you know, he's very robotic. It's like he's short circuited oh, yeah. and just was stood there going meh 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 <laughs> <laughs> that's what the gross right hand will do. He, he George is a strange guy. Like to see George up close, like he's not known as being a good spa. Like there's something about him on fight night, and it's been true since the amateurs. When the when the fight's real, he comes alive and he's a different level. He's a, he's, he's really How, hmm?
1: how many boxers floored Frotch? Uh
0: Jermaine Taylor Taylor and
1: Gross. Okay, but he's obviously packs a punch. Then it's yeah. like it's not an insignificant, uh, and he's
0: accurate. <clears throat> and so, so when Dave says he wasn't using his jab so much, but the jabs that were landing were accurate. Look, don't doubt how tough Chudinov is. Yeah, and do yeah. You, even <laughs> did you see when they were showing him walking to the back after the fight? He barely looked like he'd been in a fight still, mm. and he's like high fiving members of the crowd. He'd just been absolutely, he'd taken some solid, solid punches. He didn't go down. He didn't, there was nothing about him that even necessarily looked hurt. He was just stopped because the ref was like, you're taking too many <laughs> This shots. is unfair. Not,
1: he's like, you're not actually Homer Simpson, are you? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was like 20 odd unanswered punches and his head was getting snapped and twisted. Oh, it was scary.
1: Disgusting, but also really impressive as well. I was waiting <laughs> to see sparks
0: come out of him. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, no. But Dave's right, man. Like, I don't, I don't know how you look past George Groves, and I think now that he's got that world title, you can expect to see an extra twenty percent from him. I don't know how you look past him as being top of the tree. I don't think De is. I genuinely am worried that James De shot. Like literally, I think he. Oh, he's broken. Like he looked a broken man. Like you know, Chris Eubank said the best, man. Like a horse, like a horse.
1: But, but Jack seemed to just take him apart, didn't he?
0: But Jack's a special fighter. Look, don't don't because he's not flashy. Don't underestimate how special that man is. Um, I'm excited by young David Benavides. I'm not going to lie to wow, you. Wow, yeah. The That's way he made Medina. Medina. Remember when the girl was like, Nah, nah, geeks look, 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 kooks, kooks, kooks. <laughs> nah, nah, kooks. Nah, Kooks. Porky Medina. Yeah, listen, Kooks. Kooks. Porky Medina is world level. No one can hurt him. Nah, you know what I mean. If ever a man stopped Porky Medina, it'd be George Foreman, yeah, with a grill. And David Benavidez is like, okay. Did you see that (laughs) seven punch combination? (laughs) (laughs) Live with the (laughs) ropes. It was outrageous. So, so Benavidez is quite highly ranked in the WBA. So if I'm George, I'm like, can we delay that one? Um, I'd start to look across at all the other champions, to be honest, just for you. I'd, I'd be looking at unifications now. I'd be waiting to see what the outcome of Callum Smith and Durrell is. Yeah. Um, I'd see if Uncle Durrell can get in there and uh, lay one out on Callum. <laughs> oh, on Gallagher. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, please. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of people that hate him in sport right now. If he went in and Chin Gallagher... All is, that hate disappears immediately. You're yeah. back to zero. I There's, want to see Uncle Jarrell versus Callum. Has anyone, has anyone got his Twitter <laughs> handle? Because that's my request. I'm mean, a mate, after the fight, can you use Chinjo Gallagher? Because yeah, a lot of people dislike you right now, mate. But you could <laughs> set it right. <laughs> you could make it all right.
1: Um. But I would be keeping an eye on that if I'm George Groves and waiting, because it's not that far away. Well, he said that other night. He said that he's sick and tired of chasing people and he wants people to chase him now. Yeah, but I mean, that Callum Smith fight would make...
0: I he think. doesn't want Benavidez chasing him. He no. He really doesn't. And and people forget, like, Benavidez's older brother, I think, is Jose Benavidez Jr. And there's a YouTube video of him just giving Pacquiao a bit of a pasting and sparring. That whole family, of they're a fighting family, like, <coughs> geez. Can you run us through who
1: the other title holders in that division?
0: Uh, Vacant, Groves. Uh, so you got a WBO. Who you, who's a WBO one? Right, I'll come Frank back War- to that.
1: Frank Warren fighting <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> no, no.
0: Um, is it actually Frank Warren? <laughs> it's not Koubarov. Why did I think it was Koubarov? No. So you've got um, WBC has been fought between Darrell and Callum Smith. You've now got the WBA is um, George Groves. Groves. Then you've got the IBF is James DeGale. Um, wasn't Badu Jack the WBO? No, the no, he was WBC. Oh, that's right. And then that's gone now because they drew. Uh, I ain't got a clue it is a WBO, which says a lot about a WBO because I didn't give a fuck generally about Okay,
1: Okay. Um, Matt Black asks, was last night worthy of pay-per-view? I paid for it, but now regret it. Are Sky and Hearn taking the piss? See, this feels like... Matt, have you ever listened to the podcast before? Because uh, we do kind of regularly... Rip the hell! I I know that these two hate it, but look, just my opinion. I thought that wasn't a bad. There weren't there was were some good matches. at least um, I mind you, I didn't pay for it. <laughs> I thought Groves. Um... There were two. Yeah, two. Yeah, yeah. So
0: is that what we've got to expect now for oh, two right, good yeah. matches? We have to pay additional to a Sky subscription. Is that because that's the problem? Is that you're sat there and like I'm not criticising yeah, you, yeah, 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 yeah. but it's <laughs> the expectation has been diluted so much that now we can say a bunch of um, a bunch of Olympians like making their debuts on two or three fights, yeah, illegally yeah. beating up Latvians, plus two OK fights for world titles.
1: Yeah, is yeah. now
0: deemed A fair oh, one. right. Yeah, yeah no, fair
1: on that. Um, I tried to make that some sort of conversation. Sorry, Matt. Did you I find I no out the WBO champ, Gilberto Ramirez? Oh yeah, <laughs>
0: so irrelevant to the entire.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, but then also Matt, i like, comes trying the second question. How do you calculate the best pound for pound? For me, it's everyone's the same way. Who would win now? To do with who's done what.
0: No, man, it's just you, who's your favorite boxer. That's all the pound for pound list is. Who are your favorite boxers? Yeah, you can't look. You can't take Manny Pacquiao and put him in with Tyson Fury. But you know what we're gonna do is tie one arm behind the back of Tyson Fury and put stilts on Manny Pacquiao. <laughs> we can't. There is no way that we can physically make this pound for pound equation work. And so, well, the
1: further you go down the weight division, should it? Almost becomes a different sport, anyway, doesn't it? Speed, There's yeah. less power, yeah, and
0: yeah. Um, but you know, I don't know. It, like, it's not. It's not really an equation that you can work out. No, it's just your favourites. People, yeah, people just that... couch it as pound for pound, but this is yeah, who we, you think the best are out
1: there. We have come across this before. And I know you two aren't massive fans of it, but just for the sake of it, who would be if you had to pull a pound for pound fighter, best pound for pound out of your backside? Who would it be? Just to play the game, please, Terry. Lomachenko. For me, it's Ward. Thank you. Uh, right, can that- I just go back? Oh, yeah, of before you can. We, Sorry, before
0: we go too far from the George Groves situation, um, I know we mentioned it earlier, but like that speech he did at the end of the fight—the one that and seemed to have, like a, I don't know, like again his mouth was itching or something—I don't know—but <laughs> that entire speech by George Groves, how? Amazing, was it? Like, he's just gone out there and he's won that world title. And the first thing on his mind is Edward Gutnacht and saying about, you know, every day I think about that. And every day Edward Gutnacht is in that hospital bed over in Germany and we don't know if he's going to make a full recovery. And that must play on George Groves' mind all the way through. it. So when he's unleashing that, like, 20-punch combination to Chunov and Chudnov stood there <laughs> in his face, like, just blankly yeah. looking at him, how hard must that be for George Groves yeah. to do that? And then for everybody that's absolutely mugged off Kel Brook saying that he's a quitter in like the horrible sense. Because I said quit kind of almost carries two, um, yeah. Like there's a connotation to quit. And anyone yeah. that's saying it in the worst possible way, think about how hard it was for George Groves, you know, in that post-fight speech. He was almost in tears talking about it. He was pretty much in tears. And that's because a man is in a hospital bed because of what Groves did to him to get through to the end of that fight. Yeah. George Groves never wanted to do that. George Groves will live with that for the rest of his life. George Groves will think about that every night when he goes to sleep. And so those, those people saying, Kel Brook, you know, disgraceful for sitting down on his knee, just think about George Groves' face after that and when he's picking up the world title and it's for him and Edward Gutnacht.
1: Which, which raises the question again, which is um, what, that particular fight... I've seen nothing to suggest that Tudinov's come off with any serious injuries, but should the fight have been stopped earlier just because Tudinov wasn't falling over? No, because he got no, no.
0: Ha- there wasn't... Like, that Goodneck fight went on for rounds and rounds, similar to the Blackwell fight. went on for rounds and rounds of a sustained beating. That was one round of a beating, okay. to be fair. Like, that's,
1: that, that, but, that you, like you say, 20 unanswered punches...
0: Yeah, but they were quick punches as well, a lot of it. Like, 20 punches was probably finish, happened yeah. in 30 seconds. Yeah, he went for the finish. So sometimes, when you go for the finish, you just want to throw that many punches, the ref's like, stop. Yeah, even if you chuck the towel, it's probably not going to be seen anyway, because the ref's concentrating on, you know, Groz and Chudinov. He's not looking for a towel, necessarily. You'd have to be a pretty good launch to get it in between those two. <clears throat> um, so no, I don't, I don't hold his corner, you know, culpable for that.
1: My warped tense of humour is like, he's not going to see the towel. Quick, put something in the towel to weight it so you can threaten to the ref's vision. They throw it and it hits Tudonov in the head as well. (laughs) Right. Jack Blair asks, I've started wondering about Fighter of the Decade. It's only two years away, but no standout name. Who should be in the discussion?
0: Can I just say, before we... like Terry, you give us some thought whilst I quickly give this to uh, Jack Blair. Jack Blair... Is a guy behind the boxing promoter game. I don't know if you've seen this advertised on Twitter. It's a Apple game I think they're working on. He gave me a, a demo for it. I think if you get in contact, I think it's called the boxing promoter. I Might be wrong. Let's have, have a look in a minute. Oh, you, so you're getting freebies now?
1: Off, no, I'm not getting box. freebies
0: at all. He's, he's just giving me a a login for like a trial before it goes out live on the App Store. It's really good fun. If I don't, um, if I don't get if I don't get a login. It's getting slated. At the Seven Wolves, you want to get in contact with Jack? Now. Um, now. Um, but no, it's a really good little app. And it's good because there's a huge void in like boxing stuff on phones and whatever. And it's like, it's a football manager style boxing game uh, on your phone. And it was good fun when I played about it. So good luck to all of them that are involved in doing it. And uh,
1: yeah, it's a good little thing.
0: Back to his question.
1: Yes. Um, what he asks is... Fighter of the decade, who should be in the discussion?
0: Um, let's take Floyd out, because Floyd could be fighter of many decades, right? Yeah, and, and, and it's towards well. the
1: beginning of the decade. Like, you, yeah. yeah. I think I think you've got to have someone who's been a majority of that seven years active fighting within the... That's the, fair.
0: <clears throat> yeah, so we're talking, is it, is it debut since 2010, or... No, I think just who's had seven active years since 2010. So, and, so, yeah. so for me, Ward sits in there. I think... Can we put Lomachenko in there? I no. don't know. No. But by the time the end of this decade comes, he'd have been active for seven years. Um, I think Terence Crawford's going to be in the conversation when it comes
1: about. Andre Ward,
0: uh, Cannella, This
1: is This is a um, new concept to me. Is this just something of great, uh, great prestige?
0: No, not really. No, just... Like, no, who is the best fighter? Pub talk. Klitschko's kind of got to be in there, I really, need to be fair. It's only... <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, look, I, I'm, I'm starting to look past Canelo. I think Canelo is the right age. So he'd be 28 by the end of the decade. And he'd have boxed throughout the whole decade, I think. So he's definitely in that one. Golovkin has to be in there. It'll be interesting to see what happens over the next three years, I guess, before we uh, can finalise it. But there's a few names to, to start us off with.
1: If there's one for you, if
0: if Dave Allen,
1: Joshua, or Fury united the uh, like unified the heavyweight division, would either of them be in the frame? Definitely. Um. um yeah. Okay. Right. Um. This question is from Martin's lovely wife, Claire. Shout out. Shout out to Clear. Um, on the back of Terry, talking about fencing analogy the other week... We was
0: talking about, like, to give some context to that, it was when you were talking about Klitschko using his left arm as like a like a fencer would, where he uses it to control that space.
1: Do coaches encourage young fighters to take up other sports to improve their boxing? And if so, which, context being, as an Irish dance teacher, is actually beneficial for her dancers to do other disciplines?
0: Um. So... I am a big believer in what the Eastern Europeans call GPP. So general physical preparation. When people say to me, how soon should your kids start boxing? You have one of two options. They either start at three or for me, they start at 13. Um, if they start at three, it will just be who they are. If that makes sense. So it's so deeply embedded in, in the way they operate that there'll always be boxers. Anything after that and before 13, I think you're focusing on the wrong things. So... It's the same principle that's applied in Africa. You go to school, you do about four or five sports in any year. And you do that year after year after year. And then you start to specialize. So you'd have played basketball, you'd have played rugby, you'd have played hockey, you'd have done athletics, you'd have swam. And you'd have done all of these to a competitive level. And they'll all give you different elements. But over time, you'll start to specialize as you decide which one interests you, which you prepare to dedicate yourself to. And the Eastern Europeans were really big on this. This is why, you know, they had the whole thing of the the, mod, <coughs> the model athlete program in Bulgaria, for example. Lomachenko is a very good ballet dancer. Very uh, good no, no, ballet you, Ukrainian folk dancing. No, he's good ballet dancer as well. Yeah. So all of these things help because boxing doesn't promote athleticism. Let's be clear about this. Why do you think we see boxers doing sprints now? Because these guys didn't do anything for most of their lives. If you'd played high level football, why the hell would you need to be doing sprint training? You, you'd already have those capabilities. So it's about building as much of a base of physical capability as you can. So building your strength, your speed, explosion, coordination. Um, also being able to see. And then there are also the tactical elements that come in playing certain sports as well. You know, like the Klitschko's goes all chess players. Joshua's apparently taken up chess now as well. Well, only because Lennox <coughs> did. Humble chess. And fishing, humble <laughs> 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 shit. So, so I'm I'm a big proponent. Like, whenever I meet, whenever I meet a kid, and a mum says this kid's done eight or nine different sports, I'm happy because I know a lot of the basic skills will be there. So, are there any particular ones that you look for, like that stand out as being? Oh, you've done rugby, or you like the explosiveness of a rugby. So, so rugby, not so much though. I think rugby sits in that boxing category where you can come to it from any sport and be good. I don't think you can come out of it and do any other sport. It's too specialised. So I look at stuff like, if you're a cross-country runner, I'll take that. If you're a sprinter, I'll take that. If you're a gymnast, I'll take that. If you're a dancer, I'll take that. Basketball, take that. Hand-feet coordination. All the ones that promote the things that are desirable in boxing, hand-eye coordination, speed, explosive strength, um, all those things, because everything else I can teach you. So if you look at the GB setup. They have weights and they have well, other men of different supplements and stuff to get you strong and all that sort of stuff. What they can't teach you is managing what happens in a ring. Decision making. So fencing would be the perfect one to come from almost because you've got that very yeah. quick footwork of in and out and you've also got that control of the distance and the space between you and an opponent. I wouldn't be surprised if Klitschko was a fencer. You know, Andy's a great sportsman. Um, Andy, what do you think? Yeah, No, no, you know, Andy, Andy? You, you, you've, no, let, let's be honest, Andy, you've, you've done all these things in your life, haven't Andy? you? You there, Andy. Andy?
1: yeah. Andy's plugging in the studio equipment so it doesn't <laughs> die on <her>.
0: us. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Fenton would be a perfect one, I suspect, but, um, yeah, no, especially no. if you've got to keep your sword. And take it to a match room yeah. show and use it when <laughs> they're on their knees. Without <laughs> like knighting someone. Finish him. <laughs> yeah, so, so in response to Claire's question, I'm a big proponent. I, I always think kids with a high GPP will outperform kids with a low GPP in boxing over the life of their careers. You can't just be a kid who sat around playing PlayStation games, walked into the gym at 16 and expect to be world-class because if you're not working on other stuff I'm like what the hell are you working on you're you're hitting a bag you're hitting some pads and you're running so you're not working on how to look across multiple planes and how to work on your peripheral vision you're not working on all of these things you know you're not you're not taking what gymnastics gives you which is that explosive you know being able to jump great distances working the legs to be explosive you're not doing the olympic weightlifting stuff where you're using your whole body strength all of these things are elements that Eastern European kids grow up doing which is why you see guys like Tudonov and Tudonov's just strong because if you ask Tudonov what he did as a kid I'm sure he did some Olympic weightlifting ran and some walls. wrestling in <laughs> the <laughs> Berlin Wall <laughs> punched it down I ho- hopefully that's a good answer to Claire you know um, always got to keep Claire on side but do you know what? she's started to become part of my Twitter feed now it's, uh, like she's well, just... is, she, is she doing some of the responses <laughs> <laughs> only the ones that get me in trouble is it, uh, like the match, is it like match room now <laughs> Well, you've had to surrender your password but now uh, like, we went to go and see Andy's band on Friday night as we're coming back apologies for missing that gig but I heard I heard it was well good tended. things good things yeah no uh, look look I'm seeing people with Twisted Echo t-shirts now it's
1: impressive
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah as so we were on the way back I was saying to her oh George Groves is uh, fighting tomorrow night so he's got a world title fight she just went again <laughs> <laughs> So she's. I've started to record these things on Twitter that she says now about boxing, and so like, I told her about it as well. Um, then last night we were watching the Groves fight, and he wins a world title, and they're all happy. And she just turned around and went, "Does that mean that he gets to keep his trainer now?" Oh wow! <laughs> but but as you went, look, you can have that for Twitter. No, no, no. <laughs> but 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 let's be let's be let's be fair, right? Groves has done it the hard way to win a title. You've had to fight Carl Froch twice. As tough as they come. And you've had to fight Badoo Jack, who who we now understand is the real deal. And get off the canvas on round one. Yeah. And and lose on a split. Yeah. So when James DeGale talks nonsense about Groves, Groves's C V stacks up better than James DeGale's C V. By some distance.
1: Do you think winning this will make him a better boxer? Yes.
0: Yep. It will fill him with confidence that he's never he's always needed, I think. Yeah and like it must be so disheartening you see him say it that like I've had these depressive periods after the Jack fight more than after the two Groves ones I've really had self doubt and issue about it that goes now that goes and he's got that belief that look I'm the best in the world I've got a belt to carry that isn't a WBA intercontinental belt (laughs) or something but you know he can legitimately call himself a world champion you know a bit like Chris Eubank Jr call himself a world champion super middleweight (laughs) He does as well. He believes it as well. That's a thing. I don't know. League. Eubanks ranked number four in the WBC. Fuck me. Oh. Like uh, he's ranked number four. He hasn't beaten anyone else in those rankings. Just to be clear, because he only fought once at 168. And I can't even remember the guy's name that he beat. Reynolds Quinlan. Reynolds Quinlan. That's it. Where was ITV boxing? Hey, Richard Poxon, I know you listen. Man, can we? Can we? Can we have an update? Do you know what? Richard asked me once what I thought. It was after the Preston Guildhall show, the Robbie Davis Jr. one. Messaged me and asked, What did I think about it? And I was quite honest. I said, I enjoyed some of the fights, but, you know, if I'm honest, I didn't think it looked all that great at times. It looked too much like a small hall show to bring in new viewers. You drove Richard Boxer Uh, out of TV (laughs) boxing. Since then, ITV have never done enough. (laughs) And so I said to him, Look, I'm not. I'm just being, I'm being positively critical about it. Like, give me a ring and I'll talk to you about it. Like, give you some more depth to it. Yeah, yeah, he's there. Like, I, I want to take more of a kicking. Let me phone him up. <laughs> I've never heard from Richard again. I'll get in touch with him and I'll stop crying. <laughs> and he has never stopped. I've still got the offer there to him. I'd like to yeah. hear from you. You know, I'll give you what a fan's perspective of it is. But it, it, it makes a joke of the rankings that Eubank Junior's number four in the WBC. But <laughs> wait a minute. What? Okay. Here's a poll. What's worse, him being number four in the WBC or Paul Smith going from (laughs) nowhere in March to being number five in the WBA in April without anyone fighting, sorry, without him fighting anyone. And I can guarantee you there weren't 10 people in that WBA list that lost in those like 30 days. So go on, and Gilberto Mendoza, we've asked you to come on and explain it. Absolute, like, I don't know, it's probably borderline suing, but is that corruption? I'm asking a question, I'm not making a statement. Is that (laughs) corruption that Paul Smith can go from nowhere to being number five? Because Eddie Hearn was trying to defend this. Like, you don't know what he's been through. (laughs) He's got to feed his family. He's got to feed his family. You said, (laughs) why? And I I, I was like, I was was reading that going, you weaselly piece of shit. Because let's be absolutely honest, and I'm sure Andy'll agree with this, that. Let us be absolutely clear.
1: What's up, Terry?
0: (laughs) Let's be absolutely clear about this, right? Hearn is just doing this so he can squeeze a George Groves fight from someone. Yeah. Yeah? Because he knows if this all goes to plan, Groves has to fight one of three. Callum Smith, Paul Smith, or James DeGale. That's all this is about. It's not about Paul Smith deserving anything. It's literally like Paul Smith is a porn-assist move from D4 to D3. And can I make a point here, right? Eddie Hearn did this IFL interview where he was saying, oh, people that make podcasts, I don't know, us. uh, Fuck him. That uh, are trying to stop a man from making money, making a living. Can I just remind Eddie Hearn? Paul Smith stopped himself from making a living because he got fined against Andre Ward for being so fat and over the weight that the money got taken off of him. He did it himself. He doesn't need us to stop him making money. And Wait, 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 wait. And on that subject of making money, the purse her negotiated was so low that Andre Ward gave him the money back. And you can sue me if you want, but there's proof, yeah? The purse was so low that Ward said, you need this more than I do. And he did give that money back. I know he gave that money. Yep. War's wife said it. So, look, it's slightly harsh on Paul Smith, but it's not Paul Smith's fault. Let's be clear about it. We've been very facetious saying about all this stuff. The fact is, it's WBA's fault. And how have the WBA. They haven't just picked Paul Smith out of there. It's not an admin error. There is something that has gone on that has led to Paul Smith going from outside of the top 15 to jump into number five. Now, Paul Smith Jr. is promoted by Eddie Hearn. So. Where do you think the influence comes from? That Gilberto Mendoza just suddenly magicked Paul Smith Jr. to be number five? Wait, wait, wait. And also, and also just magicked the WBA super title to yes. be available for Joshua Klitschko. Ignored all the rankings. Well, and also it was available for Groves Chudinov. Because the regular is going for the Zoiga-Smith fight if that still goes ahead. I love the WBA because... We always talk about rankings, but rankings to mean absolutely nothing. Yeah, it's banner, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's just banter. <laughs> They're a laugh in a joke at that, you know what I mean? But honestly, like if you're the promoter of those guys that Paul Smith jumped in front of, you've gotta like open the email with that list going what on Like, all I want is who, Hearn to explain how we went from zero to five. Yeah. I'll be okay with that. If you show me how we went from being outside to inside, and you know, and there's some logic, I'll take you. That. know, Hearn's answer will be, well, it's not my problem. I'm not the WBA. So that's why we've contacted Gilberto Mendoza. I've sent two emails. I'm going to send him another message. Can we Twitter contact later. Arthur Abraham and go, Arthur, can you explain why Paul Smith's above you in the ranking? Yeah. you are beaten him twice. I fight him again. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> fight him for number five. Do it. Please, retire him. Sorry, I'm trying to stop a man making a living there.
1: So on the 30th of December, 2019, we'll have uh, Eddie Hearn e- emailing us going, Paul Smith should be in the running for fight of the decade, yeah? Lastminute.com.
0: No, he'll, listen, Paul Smith will probably be fighting for a heavyweight title by then. <laughs> if he can get down to it.
1: <laughs> he'll, be take, he'll be taking on the unified uh, heavyweight champion, Tony Bellew at that point, I reckon.
0: Yeah, they're schoolmates, aren't they? are schoolmates are not they are they
1: like old club I don't know. They're right. Somewhere. I've um I'm I'm done. Are you done?
0: Uh oh I wanna give a shout out, Jamie Spate, one of those like almost a road warrior now, goes out and fights anyone, won the Southern Area title last night. I think it was probably at super featherweight against Martin Hillman. Just a little you know, Jamie Spate has fought everyone out there, the likes of Isaac, Lowe, Josh Warrington. He goes and he will fight anyone and like to that end, congratulations, you know, Southern Area title to him means the world I think it's the second or third time he's won one you know we always I'd like to give a shout out to the small hall guys uh, and that was going on so congrats to Jamie um right run through my list go on sorry mate how are the
1: gloves? ah oh, fuck's sake
0: well how are the gloves and maybe I need a discount code you know people need to I, I need to track my brand advocacy I can't just be throwing these things out there for nothing so you know I need, I need a, like, a, like a Terry discount code, <laughs> and, we, and we can start to push things that way. You know, I'm a businessman. So, wait a minute. We're not getting a review this week. That's what it's come down to. Um, look, look, functionally, they're, they're good. My hands are still good inside of them. Um, they, good don't, they look good hands. Nah, mate. They look babyish, but it's all right. Um, <laughs> they're, not, they're not punched through. Another thing, George Groves has really small hands for a boxer. Really? Yeah. Surprised yeah. me when I shook his hand. Small hands. It gave me hope. Um, Big shout out to Umar Sadiq Now a lot of people Will go Who's Umar Sadiq
1: Um,
0: We mention him every week Yeah we do (laughs) Top guy Um, One of those guys And I, I like him Because he's He's one of these Up and coming prospects Who's not afraid To get on the phone And ask for advice About stuff Run ideas By people And It's a really Progressive way To build your career In the sense that He will always Inform himself Before he trusts people So I'm hoping to hear some good news out of him very, very soon. When's he debuting? Do we know? Where's he debuting? Who's he debuting with? T T T B C T V C T V C. The options, though. Oh yeah, 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 sure, yeah, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. The right ones happened for him. Um, you know, I like it. He's investing time in, you know, thinking about how he's going to present. That's good. Yeah, he's thoughtful. It's nice. It's good to have a box like that. You know, if he starts taking heads out in the ring, man. So honestly, top boxers, Sadiq, start following. If you can follow him on Instagram, his videos are getting quite entertaining. What weight is he getting at? Uh, one six eight. Okay, make, seems to make it easy. He looks a big lad. I saw the photo of him and Ahara Davis. He, he's 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 a lump, but leg day's been skipped for a good few years, right? So so yeah, <laughs> you know he, he's definitely he's like he's like Deontay Wilder up top, and Moses Kip Tanui down below. So we're talking like a Jarmaine smile build. Kind of, but it's all very lean. Like okay. he's, he's very efficient. Like, bulky. Yeah, I don't think he could. He couldn't overheat if you. I Would mean,
1: compared to Dillian White on tops, you say Deontay Wilder. Oh, Deontay Wilder. Sorry. Same initials. I can get what yeah, you got. No, it. Right? I just... I, you're, you're, you're only, you know, I was thinking uh, you don't call Dillian White lean. I mean, Christ.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um. No. No. So. uh Also, is Jordan a Portabella Pier? Ah. Uh, had a really really good conversation with him. I like what he's trying to do. Nice lad. Yep, his story is incredible. Um, I you know I can't really be grassing on on air, but it's an it's an That's incredible nice story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and if you're a young honestly, <laughs> if you're a young boxer, amateur, pro, and you want to get in with someone who also you know I mean is on their way up, man, get in touch with get in touch with Jordan. He's got some good ideas. Um, they're only going to get better because he understands this idea of influencer-based marketing and boxing needs to start embracing this quickly. Micro-influencing. Yeah, all of these things that boxers ignore, but, I mean, you've got a guy here who's prepared to put the science and the metrics to stuff and that's important. If you're trying to get signed, it's important if you are signed and you explain why you deserve a push, you need to have those metrics. That's what Eddie responds to. It's what Andy Aing loves as well. Um, <laughs> can't be a so not a week goes by. so those two guys absolutely brilliant listen Chantal Cameron what a great yes. debut Um, beat the girl that fought Katie Taylor okay she didn't stop it but my goodness did Chantal Cameron look good yep and we've mentioned her many times from on North the show from Northampton as well yes local to us yeah and what I like about Chantal Cameron is this if I look at Nicola Adams and I go if, if there wasn't female boxing Nicola Adams would be playing football for Leeds United or something you know If Katie Taylor wasn't boxing, I imagine she'd be Irish dancing champion or something. If Chantal Cameron didn't box, she'd be beating people up outside a shopping (laughs) centre. She's just that sort of character that loves to fight. And that's why I like her. That's not an indictment on her as a person. No, it's just... I've interviewed her and she's a lovely girl. But she just loves to fight. Like, it's not scientific to her. It's a fight. So I'm really, really pleased for her, man. That's really good. Andre Showtime Sterling one yesterday he's two and oh um young lad that i've watched rise from a young man to where he is now honestly he's he's one of these people that's like you know you know you meet those boxers and they have a personality that you just want to be around he's never going to be a loose cannon but he's always going to be funny yeah and engaging mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff and he can hit as well so get behind andre showtime sterling you know you come on guys you know, who who was first with the daniel dubois stuff thank you Lawrence Coley stuff, thank you. This is the podcast. When we say names on here, get in early. Yeah? That's how you get your interview. That's how you get your podcast. If you want to sell a little tracksuit or two, this is the time to start getting in there. <laughs> Big shout out to Courtney Bennett, on Lauser, Jerome Campbell, and the rest of the Islington guys who flew over representing London to box against Germany. Uh, Munich, sorry. And came away with six wins, three defeats, but that's a good performance. So Courtney and all are both one. Guys that I've trained if you're a promoter or you know someone and you're looking for a super heavyweight put some money behind this kid Courtney Bennett cause I'm telling you now he is the real deal Ola's the real deal as a middleweight or super middleweight you know let's all just get involved in this
1: and he's losing the will to live <laughs> I'm fucking losing the will to live. will it never end will it never ever end <laughs> Oh, shout out to fucking flip flop Gipgot from South London. Wait, well, it's my turn, huh? <laughs> Oh
0: god! <Yeah. laughs> no, 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 no. So you know, and you know, just just to touch on quickly, and Andrew Salby won, which was good. Got didn't crawled. didn't look that impressive. So you know, reality check is always necessary. That was also good to see. Good to see Lee Salby shaved off the moustache. That's probably the last thing I wanted to say. Yeah, it was necessary no I agree like, that was a terrible moustache <laughs> terrible moustache that was you tree-esque <laughs> are you sure you're 16 Andy you've got an empty like, don't, go for it don't don't tell your mum I'm telling you this but
1: you're really beautiful <laughs> <laughs> right it's time to <laughs> I don't know these things are getting interesting <laughs> Two oh. little boys and two little... Do- <laughs> Who saw the Walkers stuff this week? <laughs> oh, that was good, yeah, yeah. Oh
0: shit! you see it, Terry? Walkers what? and their uh, hashtag Walkers Wave. No. Oh, yeah. I'll show you the photos after. Yeah. It's brilliant. You have
1: to take, like, selfies, didn't you? Yeah,
0: Walkers do this prize. I'll run for it really quickly because at the end, Walkers Crisp do this prize. You can win uh, two tickets to the Champions League final. You've just got to send your selfie to them and they'll put it into a little video and Gary Lineker... Presents this pre-formatted video that just has your selfie go into it. Okay, he holds All up. makes the, sense. Holds up the selfie. Holds goes, up the selfie. Nice selfie. Yeah, and then it shows your face in the crowd at the Champions League final. So people see this and they go, "That's fucking brilliant." What I'm gonna do is send in my selfie as Fred West. <laughs> Harold Shipman, Rolf Harris, <laughs> Jimmy Savile, yeah. and Walkers have just got it set to like retweet these automatically, and then so they're retweeting and endorsing pictures of like Gary Lineker stood with Rolf Harris next to him,
1: going "Give us a Walker's wave." Jimmy Savile. <laughs> who is the um? Who is that bloke who kept his daughter in the basement in Austria? Ritzel. Yeah, Ritzel got there. a shout out. Yeah. yeah. Anyway,
0: so that's completely off track, but there's something about it.
1: That's it. Cheers,
0: guys. Um, As always, keep in touch.
1: Obviously, if you don't retweet, Um, Terry will come and hunt you down. Yes, and
0: and everyone follow the lead from Dave McGinley because I'm going to start naming names at some point. No, when I get to like 4,000 followers, influencers, I'll start naming names.
1: Oh, God. Well, thank you very much. Uh, I'm going to go and hang myself and uh, we'll see. A
0: little bit All right. How long is it? Oh,
1: no, no, I just do it for a little yeah, while and you know.
0: <laughs> what the old asphyxiation? Yeah. Asphyxo yeah. nah. s- wank.
1: Who was it that died of that? It
0: was Paul Yates' husband, wasn't it? Uh, Michael Hutchins. Hutchins. Michael Hutchins, yeah, a little asphyxy wank yeah. and Dina uh, went wrong. Can't beat him, ding. mate.
1: Nice ding, way, ding, way to ding, ding, chill out after a stressful you're one podcast. Of a
0: We've gone too long. Turn it yeah. off. Yeah, cut it. Cut it. Cut it. Cut it. Screw it fit it up fit it up it up <laughs> it up it up it up it up
1: Stop sniffing like Kala. Colo <laughs> <laughs> asks, was Kala on the powder? Absolutely or absolutely? That wasn't a question. For that, that was a <laughs> no, I that
0: know. just... <laughs> it amused me so much. Did I send you the one about... I can't just send it to a podcast one. That Chad Hogan one. Oh, yeah. Just read it. I can't remember if I said it's terry
1: or not. Spence better hope he has a chin, otherwise the minute he goes down, he'll either be punched illegally or have a dick lobbed in his mouth. <laughs> I did say this, man.
0: They've got to keep Kel away from Tenerife now. He's vulnerable. <laughs>
1: dick than lobbed than in his mouth. I suppose he's got any lips left after all that fucking chewing. <laughs> That's some good shit he's on though. I give him that. (laughs) It's some good shit.